They ended franchises, nearly derailed careers. They were the action-packed flicks that couldn't pack in audiences. They were the films for the whole family that none of the family saw. The round of 64 ends as Multiplex Sadness continues. Plus, Morbius didn't launch a franchise, but it probably won't be on the next Multiplex Sadness anytime soon. As the busiest month at the box office in a while gets started, we're going over everything that happened at a theater near you on this 93rd episode of What's in the Box Office. Hello everyone and welcome to What's in the Box Office, your weekly look at movies and the money they make. We I just said 93rd, didn't I? Uh, yeah. It's the yeah, 193rd <laughs> We've episode. gone back in time. <laughs> What's in the box? You know what? That's a great question. I, I, know, I know you're worried about us running long, but... I wouldn't say I'm worried about it. I know you're terrified <laughs> about us running long. Oh Again, God. that implies that like there's a possibility it won't happen. You're sweating. <laughs> okay. All right. I am a much, right. much, much like Thanos. It is inevitable. <laughs> much like uh, Thanos, I am Iron Man. Um, you know what sucks? What is that during? Oh, here we go. Okay. Wait, this will be funny. This weekend at the box office, an average-looking Pixar film flopped, as did an R-rated star-driven drama, which in today's box office climate isn't surprising. So please relax, or maybe. We should. Who knows? Maybe we should. I don't know what I was doing there. Plus, we finished the first round of Multiplex Madness as we continue our search for the greatest blockbuster of the decade. We're going over everything that happened at a theater near you on this, the 93rd episode of What's in the Box Office. Cue theme music. What was the Pixar movie? Was that... Uh, it was on... This is 308 yeah, okay. 2020 Box Jesus. Office was closing <laughs> for like two years. Or... Closing for a year, uh, yeah. like the next weekend, which is why I probably said, so relax, or maybe we should panic. Who knows? I think it's probably yeah. because of the coronavirus. We should have. We should have. I also said at the end of my thing for Onward, I'm far more optimistic about Soul this June. Nope. <laughs> anyway. It was better than Onward. All right. I didn't do my, uh, my full thing, but go ahead. All right. Uh, our top five. Uh, in honor of uh, Morbius, uh, the living vampire. I'm Brian. Morbius, uh, I'm Noah. I've realized that's the end of my intro. It's yes. introducing us. Yes, Morbius, the living vampire. Uh, vampire murderer, as he's known to his friends. <laughs> uh, we're going to do my uh, five favorite vampire movies. Wow. I don't uh, know if you've seen five of them. Oh, I have. Okay. I've seen uh, more than that, in fact. I was a little concerned that when I started putting this really list together, like you were going specific there. I I've seen yeah. more than that. Yeah, I was worried I'd have to like throw interview with a vampire at five sure. and be like, you know, people like this. It's fun. It's got stars, but like, I didn't connect to it at all. I uh, but it did not make the list at number five. Blade, the first blade, the first blade. Mm. I it's just a uh, just a, a fun throwback. He's got samurai swords. That's super cool. It's got like a a real uh, a real period vibe. With all like the shots in the nightclubs and the flashing lights and stuff. The, the nightclub of blood. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the blood. And uh, Blade's just fun. It's really cool. Uh, number four, a uh, movie uh, you and I watched uh, recently this uh, past Halloween season, or maybe slightly after it. I forget. Thirty Days of Night. 
Yeah, that's uh, uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, that was one that uh, we'd been meaning to watch for a while. A uh, lot of great axe business in this movie. Uh, some real good, uh, you know, they're stuck in the town. They got to hide. They got to move about. I, uh, it's a, uh, this is a really fun one. I spent some time reading about the rest of the franchise on Wikipedia after. Uh, it does not hold up uh, <laughs> so sure. far as I can tell. Uh, but yeah, 30 Days a Night, a lot of fun. Definitely recommend it. Uh, number three, a movie that I have uh, much more affinity for than you do, Only Lovers Left Alive. Sure. Wow, the, number three. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. there's uh, You yeah. love that movie. There are uh, the, the two above this are definitively above it as are well. Are they related? Uh, no. Oh. No. No, I didn't go... Uh, you didn't go, go re- that remake? Route. Yeah. No, okay. you're uh, you're forgetting one. Uh, but yeah, Only Lovers Left Alive, the uh, Jim Jarmusch film. Yeah. I uh, just super cool. Couple of couple of old vampires hanging out in Detroit, just being, uh, being old vampires, kind of over the killing people of it all. We gotta watch uh, um, Way of the Sam- Way of the Samurai. Ghost Dog. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. We gotta watch Ghost Dog. It's yeah. awesome. I. Uh, Always been curious about that movie ever since I was a child, and I was like, it's "Is that great. a go- is that a joke? Is yeah, that a joke well, movie?" I mean, there's no ghost dog in it, but yeah, I, but yeah, I I loved Only Loves Left Alive when I saw it. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was a, it's one of your favorite films. That you yeah, I from. and I, I I remember your objection being that it's just trying too hard to be cool, and I agree that it is trying very hard to be cool, but I just I think it succeeds. You think it succeeds. I do. Okay. I number two. What we do in the shadows. Yeah, I just came across and I'm yeah. looking up uh, them as well. Yeah, I just one of the. Uh, Which one are you picking? Unless you're going for a tie. Go ahead. One of the more fun uh, movie going experiences. Really, just a a comedy that just bowled us over from start to finish. It's incredible. Uh, an incredibly fun movie. Uh, definitely do for a rewatch. Uh, and then for number one, I'm going with the original. Let the right one in. Okay. Fair. Uh, let me in. Also a let very uh, very valid choice. I did I did decide to just put one of them on the list. I mm-hmm. uh, could have gone either way with those. I'm surprised Blade beat out Blade Two. Well, I've just I've seen the first Blade more recently. Okay. I uh, so I I know for a fact whether just like I have fond memories of Blade Two, but I'm like I don't know. Uh, but yeah, let the right one in. A very uh, very well renowned movie. You know, if you're if you're a vampire aficionado, I'm sure you've come across it. So uh, you don't need me to tell you, but it's just it's really great. Great shit going on in that one. Um, yeah, those are good. You didn't mention the little vampire, which is a little disappointing. Yeah, well, uh, Nasratu's great. Obviously, Fright Night. Yeah, I, I is, had, is is a lot of fun. I had considered Fright Night. Also, the, do uh, free yeah, rewatch what, the, I the think. 2011 one. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I, re- I really enjoyed that. Especially we because that, that was uh, yeah, that was in like the heyday of my Doctor Who fandom. And so I got to be like, yeah, David oh, yeah, Tennant sure. breaking into the mainstream. Sure. I uh, plus Yelchin and Poots, as I recall, the dynamic duo. Oh, yeah, Yelchin yeah. And Poots. Colin Farrell's having a blast in that movie. Yeah, it's just, it's a fun one. That's a fun one. Uh, I also want to mention. Um, uh, we should watch Thirst at some point. Park Chan Wook. Daughters of Darkness was a lot of fun. Remember that one? I do not by now. That was that. Um, oh God. That was the uh, Hungarian one from 1971 that we got from an Edgar Wright recommendation. Took place in that like hotel. Okay. Um, a bunch of a, a seaside resort. 
the Countess becomes obsessed with a pair of innocent honeymooners. Oh, yes. Bewitching I do, them with I, provocative I do, I do tales of this, kink. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah, a lot yeah. of fun. All right. Um, I'm just going to scroll down this list. So if there's any more that I'm forgetting. Kronos. Uh, the Hunger I've wanted to see. We should do that, too, at some point. All right. Good list. Good. Thank you. Uh, and then we'll get into the actual top five here. Uh, number one, the Honorable Morbius opened. Oh, and the Lost Boys. I meant to mention that. Go ahead. Okay, sure. Uh, Morbius opened Morbius. one with $39 million. The Lost City, op- uh, not opened, but came in at number two with $14.7 million. It's a 51.7% drop that is up to 54.4. The Batman came in at number three with 11, a 46.3% drop that is up to 349.2 million. Uncharted came in at number four, stayed at number four, in fact, with 3.6, only a 26.7% drop. That's up to 138.9. And number five was Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, the movie. $1.9 million, 57% drop. That's up to 29.6. What's well, like a movie that you're aware of that has a bad cinema score? Or bad cinema score uh, that has negative audience perception. I, That's not like an F. That's not like Mother. Yeah, all right. Well, I mean, off the top of my head, the only ones I know of are F. I, or like a bad popcorn movie. Sure. How about... How about uh, no, I... For, for some reason, the first movie that came to mind was The Lost City of Z. <laughs> which I imagine general audiences might find a little slow. What about like a popcorn movie? Oh, oh you mean like what is a popcorn movie that people think is bad? Yes, rather that, than, that you think the I public see. perception is I, I thought bad. I thought you were asking for one that's not a popcorn movie. No, no, no. Uh, so yeah, a popcorn movie with a bad public perception. Uh, give me a, uh, The Last Night. Transformers The Last Night. Transformers... Last night has a B plus cinema score. What else you got? I Just give me like two more if you can think of it. If okay, not, it's more fine. a poorly perceived. Uh, How about suicide, Independence Day Resurgence or Suicide Squad? Sure. Independence, Independence Day Resurgence Day. B. Okay. Okay. The the the, the original yeah, Suicide the, Squad. Yeah, the original Suicide Squad. That's without the. Uh, without the the. Yeah, that's okay. a B plus. Okay. Morbius had a C plus cinema score this weekend. Yeesh. Which, if we know anything about cinema scores, is they're very generous. Yes. Because audiences tend to just like things. Yeah, it's one of those things where if you're not an A, you're an F, basically. Um, This had a C plus. It is a 17 on Rotten Tomatoes. The internet is shitting all over this movie. So it opened a 38, which is about where projections were. Okay. I think Sony coming into this weekend had 33... And then industry experts said it could be as high as 50. Um, and there's a possibility it could overperform. This was a movie that was made three years ago. This was to come out in July of 2020. This movie was filmed and completed before No Way Home was ever made. Before a single shot was shot on No Way Home. Before, That's crazy. Before a script was written for No Way Home. So, um, so thirty-eight. Let's talk about it. It costs seventy-five. It's a more obscure character yes. than Venom, certainly. So the comparisons to Venom are not apt. You can't really make them. What Venom, and we we've talked about this occasionally. Scott Mendelson talks about this. The idea that a movie can get bad reviews, but if it promises audiences what they want out of it. 
they'll go and see it. For instance, every single Transformers movie. Sure. They review say they're bad, but what else do they say? Uh, that the Transformers are cool and they're fun robot fights. That there are huge, giant fight scenes that are insane. Yeah. And so we go, well, good. That's what I wanted. And they go see it. So Venom comes out and critics go, it's not well written. It's not good. But Tom it's, Hardy gives a great performance. Yeah, it's got Tom that. Hardy's going balls to the wall in it. That's the difference. So even take away the fact that Venom's a more popular character than Morbius, which he is. The idea that the star plus concept is so strong there, you know, and not even to say that Tom Hardy is a more bankable star than Jared Leto. He might not be. But he's more respected. And there is nothing anyone has said about this performance from Jared Leto. Right. Because he doesn't really give one. Um, to make people want to tune in, to make a cur- someone who is curious about it go, oh, but he's supposed to be kind of crazy? I'll check it out. No one's saying any of that. That's the real difference here. Uh, the pandemic, whatever. Venom 2 opened in like the middle of a crowded October to like, you know, 80 million, whatever it opened to last yeah. year. Yeah, I mean, we've been we've been talking for weeks about how at this point, like, Movies can clearly hit again. Like this that's... is best case scenario for Morbius, even if it opened July of 2020. Yeah, in a healthy marketplace, this is pretty decent for Morbius. So it cost it didn't cost a lot, obviously, because it's not uh, a well-known property. So Sony did a great job keeping that budget at 75. Well done. Um, worldwide, this this weekend, I think it made only 85. So if it tops out at 300. Or even 250. We're talking about like a big phew situation. This didn't launch a franchise. They can do another one if they want. It has to be really good. They have to get someone else who's big in it. And it's going to be hard to educate an audience saying that one was bad, this one is better. That's what Mendelssohn calls a Tomb Raider trap, but we've seen this with a bunch of stuff. Sure. With Angry Birds movie, with whatever. Uh, um, not Neighbors 2, because Neighbors was good. But the, how, about, how about the Suicide Squad? Yes, exactly. The idea that you make a first one and it's bad and people don't like it, and then when you make a sequel, it's hard to get people to try to bite the same apple yeah. twice. Scream 4. Yeah, kind of, in a way, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's going to be hard. My suggestion is if you do want Morbius to be in your universe still, put him in another movie with somebody else. So put him in Venom 3, or, and this is a kind of a crazy idea, Maybe put Spider-Man in Morbius 2. That might get people to go. I don't... I I agree it would. I don't think you can put Spider-Man in Morbius 2. This would be after Spider-Man. it's just a Spider-Man movie. No, what about... Spider-Man can't be the villain in Morbius. (laughs) Well, he wouldn't be the villain. There would be another person that... it'd, It'd be a Batman v Superman situation. But, um... He certainly can. Iron Man was was the second uh, banana to uh, to to Peter Parker in No Way Home. Sure, but I I more mean that like the idea is that Morbius no Home, is Homecoming. Morbius is a Spider Man villain, ostensibly. I mean, not necessarily. He is set at the up end. that way in this movie. <laughs> he is at the end. Uh, and yeah, like I just I just saying like. Morbius and Spider-Man would be at odds before they were like partners. And I don't think you can put Spider-Man on that side. So then I would, everyone's just going to want him to win. So then I would suggest that Venom three 
acts as the Civil War. Sure. So it's Craven, which will already have come out at that point. It's Morbius and Spider-Man, all in Venom 3. And then when you make Morbius 2, you can have Spider-Man back in that. So it's sure. not like the introduction of their, their Spider-Man. Yeah, all right. But I'm just saying, there's a way to do it. I don't think this is... This means that in a week, we're getting the Morbius 2 announcement. Unless there's like... There's Morbius 2 announcement and... You know, Jack Nicholson's playing the villain. Right. <laughs> or something. He's back. Or, yeah, or something insane. Yeah. It's, but, going, uh, it's going to feature Luke Skywalker. This this is a uh, very decent opening weekend for a movie that nobody has liked, really. And uh, it's very much face-saving, and it's really prepping us for what could be a big month. Next week is Sonic 2. The week after that is Fantastic Beasts, which, if reviews, the early word is holding up, is supposed to be good. Um, so it'll be real interesting to see if they get people back for that. And, uh, yeah, this Morbius thing is, is fine. 39 is nothing to sneeze at. It's exactly what I would be saying if this was July, if this was July of uh, 2020 and everything was fine. Um, in its second weekend, the Lost City, as you said, dropped 51%, 14 for the weekend. That's a bit of a harder job than I would have thought. I do get Morbius taking away, uh, female audiences for Jared and male audiences for comic book movies, and so the date, yeah. the, the 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 date movie kind of gets put as a second fiddle. However, it is going to cross seventy million dollars at the box office, which uh-huh. is terrific yeah. for this kind of movie. Terrific. Yeah, you know, if you go back in the uh, Noah Damas segments. I oh, thought there which, was a uh, no, which we I, I do have up yeah. for to go at the X. We got a couple to catch up on. Yeah, but yeah, a, you did not think this mess. was going like, to hit. Yeah, it yeah all. I think there I think there was definitely a world where this movie was just like a total flop. Yeah, and but it's, it's not. People like it. Yeah. It's doing well. I think that they could certainly try to do a sequel uh, to this movie. Um, they don't they don't set it up based on how it ends, but they uh, they certainly could, and I think that they should think about doing that. Um, especially with the way they, they should make it a three hander with the way that the end credit scene happens. Okay. Uh, but this is good news. It might even get to 80, which again, it's going to be crowded April. This really should have opened probably third weekend of Batman, second weekend of Batman, just so it had two weekends, three even as really the only other thing in theaters. Cause again, next week we got a family movie. That's also going to take away, you know, adult men, probably some adult women. I don't want to keep generalizing, but that's how this thing works. And then fantastic beast is going to take away whoever it's going to take away. So, but it's fine. It'll be fine. Um, R R R in its second weekend dropped 83%. Yeah. That's a huge drop. It's got 11 million total. It's doing perfectly fine in North America for the type of movie that it is for the type of, uh, market it's going after. And the fact that about 98% of American audiences don't know what this is. Wonderful. The the premium ticketed prices certainly helped. And Everything Everywhere All at Once got an additional 28 theaters and rose 115%. So, no, what did it increase its theaters by? Uh, 28 it, theaters. It was in so 10. Was in 10, it, yeah, so it went up 28 theaters. Yeah, I know, but what percentage-wise? Oh, like percentage-wise? Yeah. You know how to do uh, that? So, I mean, it's... Not quite, but roughly 300%. Okay. Either way, it made a million this weekend. Still, the per theater average is 28. It's almost at two. 
Uh, next weekend, I think, is when it goes super wide or just generally wide. Yeah. So we'll see, but we're looking pretty good. I just I can't imagine this having general audience playability. <laughs> yeah. At it's, all. I it's it's one of those movies where like if people see it, I feel I feel like it is a it it the movie itself could connect to yes. a large swath of people. Yeah. It has uh, quite a bit going for it in that regard, yeah. but I think it does have a big barrier to entry in that it looks super weird. I also think the first hour is a big barrier to entry. I think w- before you know where we're headed as uh-huh. far as the themes of the movie and the sentimentality in it, that first hour, which is heavily just explaining what's happening in this universe, I think it's going to be a lot to swallow for just general audiences. Yeah, maybe. But, but like once, you're, once, you're already once they're seated. watching no, the I first hour, they're watching. I just yeah. mean as far as I went through a wave. I went through a roller coaster wondering if I was going to show this to my mom. Yeah. By the end, I decided yes. I would just have to be there, and there would need to be subtitles on because sure. there's a lot of information. Um but yeah, it is certainly a big screen experience if there ever was one, uh, especially for smaller movies. In our spotlights, I got a few of them. The Batman crossed $700 million worldwide. It's going to get to around 800 This is without really, really playing in, in China because they're having a little bit of an outbreak there. And um, not in Russia as well. Okay. So it's not setting the box office on fire worldwide, but $800 million or around that is incredibly good for this type of movie. Dog, Noah. Dog, Brian. Cross 60. It's unbelievable. That's just a, it's the little it's the little dog movie that could. It's not going to get to 70, but honestly dog making 60 million domestic is like in my mind the equivalent of it costs 15 million. It has 72. That's like over four times as much. I, yeah, that's almost five times as much. That's huge. What what would five times be? 75. 75. Yeah. It'll probably do that or close to it. Five times its budget guys. That's a huge hit. We got a uh, dog cinematic universe on our hands. It's part of the, well, I don't know about that. It's part of the reason why, although the dog doesn't die at the end. Even though they really ruined that in the trailers. You know, in the TV spots, they were ending it by going, the dog does not die in this movie. Yes. Okay, so the whole point of the movie is that the dog is so unruly that the family of the dead soldier wants the dog at the soldier's funeral. Uh Uh-huh. And then he's to transport him to a base where the dog will be put down. Okay. Because it can't work with anybody else. So the whole time I'm sitting there going, the dog does not die in this movie. (laughs) I know that. So... I'm not worried about the dog, you know? Anyway. Um, the point is, this is a, a big case as far as big grosses don't always equal big successes. This is also, not to use this word again, uh, a big theme of our tournament this year. Yeah. Where these grosses can be enormous, but you have to look at the budget as well. Because if it has a big budget, and it only makes two times its budget... It's not making a profit, which means it's not a success. Right. There are certain variations to that, but generally that's the rule. So a movie like Dog, even though sixty million doesn't sound like a lot, and it's like, oh yeah, well you know, um, 
Lost Weekend's going to do that in about 20 days and you know, the Batman does did that its first 3 days in a row and all this nonsense, but it's a huge number for this budget and for this type of movie. This is like in 2002 numbers, like 140 million dollars. Like th- the amount of success I feel this is in my head uh-huh. is like in 2000 like 145 million for dog. It's that big of a hit to me. It's yeah. it's very it's very cool. It's very very cool. Uh the last thing I have is Spider-Man No Way Home. Finally did it. 800 million dollars domestically. It crossed the milestone this weekend or maybe even just a little bit before, but I think it was this weekend. And it is the third film in history to gross over $800 million. The only other film, Star Wars The Force Awakens, was the first film to do it. Avengers Endgame was the second film. And now Spider-Man. Which means, in the history of cinema, which is about, I don't know, 1908, something like that. Sure. In over 100 years... No film had done that before 2015. Hell, no film had crossed 600 million before 1997, and no film had crossed 700 million before 2009. And so it's really remarkable, even though this is the third movie and we're going to get more that do this because that's how this works. Yeah. It's a remarkable thing to have. It is. And this is a, and this is why I, why I always say people, uh, people look at these records. They look at, uh, you know, we used to look at Titanic. They look at Avatar now, or, uh, and all these movies, just like, how could anything ever break this? It's, it's gonna happen. It's gonna, it's gonna happen soon. Force Awakens is gonna be tough because we've talked about all these remarkable successes. Nothing's come within a hundred million of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, nothing's come within eighty million of it. It's not gonna happen tomorrow, but. I just, like, I just don't know. We've talked. We talked about this after Endgame. Uh huh. I just don't know what could. I. I what I, what I, franchise has the kind of clout to make over nine hundred forty million dollars domestically? I don't know. Maybe it's a. Uh, maybe it's not doing it yet. Maybe it's Dog. Dog, dog two. Dog two. Breakout sequel. That would be. If that happened, I would have to retire. <laughs> if Dog made sixty and then Dog two made nine hundred million dollars. I, I would have to never talk about the I like that nothing else could happen well, here. You know how you make Dog Two a bigger success than Dog? What's that? Two dogs? You put Spider Man in it. Or you walk up to the board that says Dog. Yeah. And you put a big S with two lines down it, and it says Dogs. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's it. For those on that's an old. That's what James Cameron did when he went in to pitch the sequel to Aliens. He walked up to a board and wrote the S at the end of it, and was like, "Guys, Aliens." And he was right. He was right. He's a genius. All right, Noah Domus, you have some uh, updates for us. I yes. have them, but I'm sure you have them as well. I do. Uh, you, on January 20th, probably 2020, probably, you said that uh, Morbius would open to $29 million. Yeah, which is a... Uh, it was on, certainly 2020 because you have Spiral right after. Yeah. On the one hand, not a hit. On the other hand, I feel good about it. Okay, I'm, I got to go red though. Oh yeah, no, that's yeah, that is that is wrong, but like it's pretty close. It was certainly close, and when especially when you think about Sony projecting thirty three, yeah, that's even closer. So even Sony was like, I think you're right. No, the Batman, 
which you predicted on uh, October 17th, 2021, you said $120 million. I did. What did that open to? I uh, Was it 30? 130? Let me uh, let me go back and check. What is more than that? It was 134. 134. I think I think I'm actually going to go gray on that. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a, that's another one that like whether an official win or not, I, f- I feel very good about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that I think I that, got because yes. you didn't know the runtime either. Uh, I think I'm going to go gray on that. I, th- I, th- I think that's a gray area. Sure. The Lost City on December twentieth, twenty twenty one. You said eight million dollars. Yeah. Whoops. That's a bit. That's one of the bigger whiffs we've can't, had. Can't uh, can't feel good about them all. It's one of the biggest we've had, and then finally. Oh, no, that's it. Yeah. In a few weeks, you have... I'm surprised we don't have Sonic on here. In a few weeks, uh, you have Fantastic Beasts opening at 35. How do you feel about that right now? I I feel all right about that. Morbius just opened at 38. You think yeah. it's around that? Yeah, I think I think it could be. All right. I don't know. You said people are saying it's good. Uh, a few of the reactions I've seen have said, like, uh, you know, it's like people have been like, the magic's back, Okay. which is probably the big thing that Warner Brothers wants them to because that was... That was a big part of the trailer was Return to the Magic, um, but that like it's not you know a great movie. There's issues with it, uh-huh. but it certainly is an improvement upon at least the last one, and so most people have said the first one too. Okay, so well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could I could see how that would be wrong. All right, we'll see. Well, that's it. All right, uh, then it's time to play everybody's favorite game. Yeah, did, did it, it make, make more, more or, or less than, than Ted? Ted. We all know how to play. I yeah. name a movie. You tell me whether that movie made more yeah. or less yeah. than Ted at the box okay. office. For a bonus point, you can tell me what year the movie came out. Are okay. you ready to play? Yeah, I'm ready. Big Hero 6. <sighs> Starred Baymax. The Puffy Robot. Yes, more. That was more. Okay, great. 2014. That is also correct. Yeah. Do you find it strange we haven't gotten a Big Hero Seven? <laughs> they had a they, they had a TV show. Yeah, sure. And they're doing a TV a Baymax show on Disney Plus. But I guess I am. Yeah, because like, well, we made a lot of money. Maybe they realize that it's not good. <laughs> maybe maybe even though it won the Oscar, no, no, it was nominated for the Oscar. Yeah. No, what one? There was the it was the Lego Movie year, and Lego Movie was not nominated. Was it How to Train Your Dragon? Anyway, I'm gonna look it up while we do this. But no, I don't. I am surprised. But also, Disney doesn't do that a whole lot. We didn't ever got a Moana sequel. It's also weird. And that made more than that. What are they doing? They're making uh, Wreck It Ralph sequels, that's, which like, made that's less fine. than that. Yeah, they like Wreck It Ralph was a big hit, and like less than that should one. get a sequel too. That that doesn't matter. No. I, but didn't, also, I didn't say it was a bigger hit than this. It was a big hit. Yeah. And, but, like, yeah, people like this. People really like Big Hero 6. It did win the Oscar. Okay. Against the Box Trolls, How to Train Dragon 2, which easily should have beat it. Song of the Sea and the Tale of Princess Kayu. Kaguya. So this was not one of the ones that we saw all the movies for. No. Uh, but How to Train Dragon 2 is I, fucking great. So sure. Guarantee those last two movies would be my two favorites of this list. You should see uh, Dragon again. It's good. Um, yeah. All right. I. 
Your second film uh, also does not have a sequel, but is Wally. Wally. Oh man, two. It's in the twenties, so more. That is more. Yes. Okay. Two thousand and eight. That is also correct. I'm gonna say no. It is not in the twenties. It came out in two thousand eight. <laughs> that one best uh, animated feature, and people thought it should have been nominated for best picture. Hence the rule change. I uh, oh, that was part of it too. It was that in Dark Knight. Yeah. All right. I and and it uh, worked for that. The next year, Up was nominated in best picture. So yeah, it worked in the animated regard. I. Uh, Having mentioned it, I already know how this is going to go. This final film does have a sequel and is Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, less. Yes. <laughs> 2012? Yep. So okay. this one up. That was a yeah. uh, that was a sixer with uh, some unintentional spoilers at the beginning. Oh. <laughs> that uh, just letting everyone know that you do know that Wreck-It Ralph made less. No drama there. I... Uh, so now on to Come and Gone from a theater near you, Brian. You ready to go back in time? Yeah. Uh, all right. We're doing one of those that, on the one, on the one hand, I was going to say we're doing one of those that just happened, but on the other hand, it was three years ago. Uh, 2019, please. What are this, was it? This, oh, okay. What was the date? Uh, this is March 29th. Is this Tomb Raider? Uh, this is not Tomb Raider. Is this Pacific Rim 2? No. Is it Ready Player One? No. Is it? Is it? Oh, I had another one lined up for player one. The way you answered that threw me off. Is it? Um, do you need any? Yeah, hints? I guess. All I right, guess we got stuff to do. I. Uh, this is a family film. Uh huh. I. It is a live-action family film. You're not looking for a cartoon here. Okay. Live-action family films don't do well. I, this is a, I, not a not a sequel, but kind of a part of a spiritual franchise. I... From a major movie studio. Okay. My guess is Walt Disney. Um, do we see it? I Yes, we have seen it. I don't Whoa. think we saw it in theaters. You might have seen it in theaters. Was it I for a remember. tournament that we watched it? Why did, why did you see it? I don't remember. Okay. Uh, might have been an Oscar thing. Had we seen the other ones? Yes. How many other ones have there been? Uh, a bunch. A bunch? Yeah. I need more, baby. Okay. I uh, Live action Disney family movie here uh, yeah, was I a remake I of a previous movie. Dumbo. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it works. I did think Lion King for a second. I knew that wasn't it, but I was like... Action Disney movie. Those are only those. All right, Dumbo was um, th- uh, my gut says in the forties. I'm going with the thirties. Thirty-nine. Your gut was right. It's forty-five. Forty-five. Forty-five point nine. Yeah. I. Uh, Timmy B. Yeah. 
that was really it this weekend. Uh, we did get the uh, relatively limited release of a little movie called The Beach Bum. Remember that? Oh, I sure do. Remember Woody the, Harrelson, yeah. Matthew McConaughey. See The Beach Bum? No. Not me neither. Uh, but it opened to $1.7 million and I remember the title. What was it per theater? Uh, that was a per theater of $1,602. Yeah, that's not great. No. No, I'm going to run down came, the list of movies that we have watched for this tournament. Okay. Okay. We watched um, Alice Through the Looking Glass. Count that. You got it? I, oh, I'm, I'm keeping count here. The, Diver- the Divergent series. Okay. Allegiant. Two. The Chronicles of Narnia, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Three. John Carter. Four. The Lone Ranger. Five. Green Lantern. Six. Air- Last Airbender. Seven. After. Well, no, that wasn't for this. Uh, Golden Compass. Eight. Right? Um, huh. uh, R.I.P.D. Nine. Uh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Ten. Gulliver's Travels, 11. Alexander, 12. Cloud Atlas, 13. Exodus, Gods and Kings, 14. No, sorry, not that one. Uh, the Alamo, 14. The Invasion, 15. Stealth, 16. Gods of Egypt, 17. The Seventh Son, 18. Evan Almighty, 19. Town and Country, 20. The Adventures of Pluto Nash, 21. Geely, 22. Monkey Bone, 23. Dark Shadows, 24. Osmosis Jones, 25. Nutcracker, the Four Four Whelms, 26. Easy for Wu to say. (laughs) Pan, 27. Doolittle, 28. The Wolfman, 29. Total Recall, 30. Point Break, 31. That's a lot of shitty movies. I thought it'd be more. Not all of them were shitty. Well, don't underplay this. That's a lot of movies <laughs> for us to have watched in, what, like a six-week span? Something like that? Yeah, it's seven it's weeks. Been, it's been unpleasant. We also were trying to watch all the Oscar movies at the same time. Yes. We did that. We realized we couldn't watch all of these. So, for this round, and this round only, this section of this round... We're tweaking a little bit of the tournament. For quality of movie, for the ones we haven't seen, we are going to give the point to the lowest rated one on Metacritic. We looked at the matchups. We think we'd probably agree with it most of the time. We're trusting the critics like we normally do in in situations. I look at critic stuff. Sure. I I love critics. I read reviews. So we're doing that. In our future tour, there's just too many of them. Noah has a significant other he has to be with. I have nothing else to do, but I wanted to watch some of them with him. I also was watching Bulls games. Yeah, there's there's things to do. We are but men, you know? We are but men. (laughs) Wait, what did you say? (laughs) That, in a sense. (laughs) And to, to devote the entirety of our time to doing this over and over again... Was like we did our best for you, dear yes. listener. Thirty something. Yeah, thirty-one was the uh, was 31 the final count. Thirty-one movies. And uh, when you say they weren't all bad, they were mostly bad. Yeah, they were about ninety-eight percent. And the, ones, and the ones that were kind of good, yeah. I there were 
the bad ones were more than made up for it. There may have been only one that I gave three stars or over to. Sure. I don't know. But. I think I went three and a half out of five for the Wolfman. Next. I gave that two and a half. Next. Uh, next time we do this section, if we haven't seen a movie, we will watch it. There will be less of them. Yeah. But for this round, Metacritic score is going to lead our quality of movies. So we have four divisions. We're finishing the round of 64. We're collecting the rest of our 32 contenders in the search for the biggest flop of the 21st century, Multiplex Sadness, the Hayao Miyazaki division, the family films, the Tony Scott division, once the action films, still the action films, the Nora Ephron division, once the romantic comedy films, now the star-driven vehicles, because romantic comedies are often driven by their stars. Indeed. And the Justin Lin division used to be the sequel division. Now the franchise enders. The sequels that stopped those franchises right in their tracks. Ruined them. Hayao Miyazaki division. Our contenders. The one seed Mars Needs Moms takes on the eight seed Hugo. The four seed Tomorrowland takes on the fifth seed The Nutcracker in the Four Realms. The three seed Playmobil the Movie takes on the six seed Flushed Away. And the two seed Monster Trucks takes on the seven seed the Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Here we go. Mars Needs Moms takes... Oh, uh, the scoring system, do we think? Just uh, we'll, we'll go over that as we do the thing. The one seed Mars Needs Moms was released March 11th, 2011. Opening weekend, $7 million. A budget of one fifty. Final gross, $21 million domestic, 39 worldwide. Hugo... Was released November twenty third, twenty eleven. Opening weekend eleven million dollars. It opened uh, before Thanksgiving, so on a Wednesday. So its five day was fifteen. Budget of one eighty. Final gross seventy four and one eighty five worldwide. Our first category: bigger profit relative to budget. First uh, movie. I was gonna say team movie to win three of these categories. Moves on. Mars Needs Moms had a budget of 150, a gross of 39 worldwide. That's profit of 26. Hugo had a budget of 180, but it grossed 185 worldwide. That's profit of 103.1. Goes to Mars Needs Moms. Yes, indeed, by a significant margin. In fact, our second category is quality of movie. Mars Needs Moms has a 37 on Rotten Tomatoes and a 49 on Metacritic, which is. Much bigger than I thought. I agree. Hugo has a meta, has a Rotten Tomato score of ninety three and a Metacritic rating of eighty three. It is Oscar much beloved. nominated, baby. Yeah. Point two goes to Mars Needs Moms. <laughs> I'm surprised that the critics did not like that movie more right. than Hugo. Very quickly, run down our last three things. All right. So uh, yes, we have three remaining categories. We have uh, easier road to success, yep. a uh, riff on our usual harder road to success. The point goes to the movie that riff. had fewer barriers to uh, to being a hit right. and managed to fail anyway. Yes. Uh, the fourth point is furthest from success, which is a the point goes to which movie do you need to change more aspects about or change a more significant aspect about to turn it into a success. Uh, if one of these movies is real close, but just needs a need should have come out in uh, November instead of July. Yeah. Uh, or if one of these movies just needs a total rev- revamp from the ground up. Uh, and then the final point is legacy, which goes to the movie with the 
worse or the less significant legacy? Yeah, it really varies. But yeah. it's really if the movie has a bad legacy, great. If a if the if a movie has a good legacy and the other one is not thought of at all, the movie that's not thought of gets the point because we're going looking for the worst option here. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I. Uh, and that uh, that concludes Mars Needs Mars Moms. Open at number five against Battle Los Angeles, Rango, and Red Riding Hood, the uh, Catherine Hardwick movie. It dropped to number eight in its second weekend, dropping 23%. Pretty good. For a $5 million second weekend, 15 overall. Robert Zemeckis produced the film. Uh, he directed The Polar Express, Beowulf, and A Christmas Carol, all using very similar animation styles. I don't know that I knew that Mars Needs Moms was a weird one like that. Like animation-wise? Yeah. Yeah, I think it ruined that studio. I think that the Imagine Movers, something like that. Yeah. So what it was called, I think, is now no longer. Hugo opened at number five against The Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1, which was in its second weekend. The Muppets, which was in its first, and Happy Feet 2, which was in its second. In Hugo's second weekend, it dropped to number three, 33%. Seven million dollars that weekend, twenty-five total. I don't think I used to say those. I'm not going to next week or on the next one. Martin Scorsese directed it. It was four years after his highest-grossing film of the century was Shutter Island, which had two hundred ninety-five worldwide, and he was coming off his biggest peak at the box office. We're talking Gangs of New York, The Aviator, The Departed, Shutter Island. What do all those have in common? They're for adults. Nope. Oh, the the other note here. They all have uh, they Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio, one of our biggest movie stars. I, did, I do want to point out, uh, they are also all for adults. I think kids would love Gangs of New York. They got funny hats and accents. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Prostitutes. Yes. Yeah. Kids love Cameron. All right. That's all I got. No, what's first? Okay. So, easier road to success. I... Which of these movies uh, had fewer barriers in well, front of it? Well, that's tough. I'll tell you. Well, I don't. Maybe I'm, I think it's Mars Needs Moms. And I'll tell you why. Disney backed it. Dis- yeah. did, released by Disney in a relatively empty marketplace. Rango, second weekend. Hugo is a film for children as well as adults. It's going up against Breaking Dawn, The Muppets, and Happy Feet 2? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's uh, rough. Yeah. That is very tough. Also, it's about old cinema. <laughs> yeah, it's a... It's about French silent cinema. Yeah, it's a Martin Scorsese movie uh, for kids. And, like, he can be on the biggest streak he wants, but the kids didn't see Shutter yeah. Island. And the people that saw The Departed didn't see Hugo. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's... I think, like, kids' movies are just, like, even if they look fucking weird and yeah. have Robert Zemeckis' horrible nightmares fueling them... <laughs> I like I know I know I know opinions are skewed. I know like you at least are fond of the Polar Express, if I recall correctly. I loved the Polar Express. I and I think Christmas Carol is pretty decent. The uh, visual stylings of Robert Zemeckis in that late period. uh, It was it was wrong to do it. Uncanny Valley. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's not it's not right. I don't like it. Uh, yeah, I agree that Mars Needs Moms had the easier road to success here. So it's a sweep? It is. Wow. Uh, congratulations the right movie to Hugo. <laughs> yeah, although I do want to watch Hugo again. All right. Our next matchup, the four seed Tomorrowland takes on the fifth seed, the Nutcracker, and the Four Realms. Tomorrowland was released May 22nd, 2015. Opening weekend, $33 million. It's five day. I guess it opened on a Wednesday. 
Probably uh, Memorial Day. Um, so it might be four-day. Who knows? $42 million over however many days. Its budget was 180 It grossed 93 domestic and 209 worldwide. The Nutcracker was released November 2nd, 2018. Opening weekend, $20 million, a budget of 133 Final gross, 55 domestic, and 174 worldwide. Tomorrowland had a budget of 180 It grossed 209 That's a profit of 110%. Nutcracker in the Four Realms uh, cost 133 It Grossed 174. That's a profit of 131.1 goes to Tomorrowland. All right. What a twist. Uh, we have we've seen Tomorrowland. We saw that in theaters, and we watched the Nutcracker in the Four Realms. Yes. What did you think of the Nutcracker in the Four Realms? I I expected it to be dumber. Me too. I uh, the biggest problem I think. How with- delightful was Keira Knightley? Yeah, she was she was doing that uh, voice was great. She she was doing something and that was fun. Yeah, I and like just just generally everyone seemed to be uh, everyone seemed to be trying in earnest. I uh, the ballet scene in the middle was nice. I uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I felt like I don't, like if you do a ballet, do the ballet throughout the whole thing. Um, but yeah, it yeah, was nice. I don't uh, yeah. Yeah, I just I the the thing with the realms is like just stupid. Just baffling. It's so it's, stupid. It is it is insurmountable. Just have it be different parts of the one world. It yeah. it added nothing that it were that they called them realms. Yeah, you know to uh, to try to take the Nutcracker, which has a has such room to just be like a classic old timey, uh, you know, wholesome entertainment. Yeah, and instead make it about realms. <laughs> it's like I don't. Is it, was I, the sugar know, plum man. fairy the villain in the normal story? No, the rat king is the villain. Right, that's what I thought because that's a scary thing. Right, I like the way they did the rat king. I also I like the visual style of it for the most part. I like those bouncing clowns, those French clowns. Sure, I liked most of the sets. I you know, I thought the tin soldiers were like whatever. But I I kind of dug like the visual aesthetic of the movie. Yeah, there was just there was there was room there was room for this to be better, yeah. but it was I really thought was I was perfectly charming. Not like I gave it two out of four stars. Uh, I was like, this is pleasant for kids, and it's not that boring to look at. Yeah. So. Meanwhile, uh, Tomorrowland is quite bad. Uh, it does contain a plot line that I will never in my life uh, forgive. I got to see it again just to make sure. George Clooney is in love correct. with a small girl. 60% on Metacritic. Wow. Uh, yeah, George Clooney is just like in love with that little girl. And it's it's not right. I'm going to chalk this up to my own rate. I gave Nutcracker and Four Realms two stars. I'm pretty sure. On, okay. Okay. I wrote a review for Tomorrowland okay. for our Oh, It's a Podcast website. Yeah. And I will judge the movie based on what I gave Tomorrowland. If it's, it's the same, then I'm in a tough spot. Okay. But I'm pretty sure I gave Tomorrowland... I gave it two. Shit. thought I gave it two and a half. Uh, I'm going to give the edge to whatever which one I'd watch... This is going to be a couple times this evening I'm going to be doing this. Yeah. Which one I'm most likely to watch again? Okay. That is Tomorrowland. You think Tomorrowland is... So you give Nutcracker the point for... Yes. Film. Okay. But it's very 
close. I just thought Nutcracker in the Four Realms had no plot and nothing to do. I thought what it lacked was spirit. Sure. As far as holiday, Nutcracker, whatever, it was pretty empty inside of it. But a lot of it looked nice. Yeah, and Keira Knightley did a good job. I think that's right. It's just I, th- I so think waste that, of Helen Mirren. She had nothing sure. to do in that movie. I think quite a bit more of Tomorrowland was like pretty dumb. Uh, in in addition to the plot line with the, that's possible with the young girl, but uh, yeah, I think Tomorrowland really didn't work. Uh, all right, so we've got a uh, we've got a split vote there. Let's move on to uh, easier road to success. All right, Tomorrowland opened at number one. Pitch Perfect two was in its second weekend, and Mad Max Fury Road was in its second weekend. In Tomorrowland's second weekend, it dropped fifty six percent. Brad Bird wrote and directed it. It was four years after he made his live action debut with Ghost Protocol, Mission Impossible. It's his first work for Disney since Ratatouille in two thousand and seven. It's based on themed. Uh, Theme park, land, themed land, whatever they call it, sure. at uh, at Disney World and land. I don't know. I think it's only at Disney World, actually. I'm not sure. Um, George Clooney starred in it. It was a year after The Monuments Men did decent business. Two years after Gravity was a smash. However, this was the only film that was a big-budget blockbuster that he was the sole lead in. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. His, he is the only name on the poster. Yeah. Every uh, every other instance has been with uh, two to ten other stars, <laughs> or eleven or twelve. Yeah, I guess. Sure. Depending on the sequels, um, the Nutcracker in the Four Realms opened at number two against Bohemian Rhapsody's giant opening weekend. Nobody fools. Nobody's fool also opened that weekend. In its second weekend, the Nutcracker dropped fifty percent to number four. It's based on the story in the ballet. Has a decent ensemble cast, but everyone's wasted. Bakira. Yeah. Morgan Freeman's in it for a second. Helen Mirren has nothing to do. Mackenzie Foy's pretty decent as yeah. the girl. Who who would have known that uh, McFadden would go on to become amazing? Yeah, this was 2018. I think I think Succession was already out. Really? Because remember, this, they, this, it this movie had Tom Wamsgans in it. Well, because I'm pretty sure that I watched the season two finale of Succession. In this apartment. Okay. When Joe was living here. And that was in 2019. So this started this started June 3rd, 2018. Yeah. The, so the first season had already come and gone. Okay. Well, uh, that is uh, that is very interesting then. I. Uh, so in terms of a. Uh, Easier road. Yeah, in terms of easier road. It's Tomorrowland. Yes. Uh, yeah. Even though it's three years apart, the landscape for live action kids films from Disney was especially because I remember Nutcracker and Four Realms really seemed so, so, um, kind of under the radar. Yeah. Like now that people were talking about it, Tomorrowland was a big push from Disney. Yes. So I think in that regard, I am going to have to go Tomorrowland. Bigger star, bigger push. Yeah, I agree. They really Big, wanted that bigger, tour. Bigger, uh, director. bigger director. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I have Tomorrowland advancing, but uh, it's still a, a two-to-one game. So we move on Okay. to Further From Success. I, I, I don't know. This one I feel like is probably the Nutcracker. 
the the Nutcracker to me feels of a piece with all of those live action Disney movies. Your you know your Wrinkles in Time uh, that are just kind of for whatever reason doomed. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I really I really don't know what it is that's in their soup. Right. That they and like Tomorrowland is kind of is part of this it too. Is, it is for sure. Uh, part of it. But it just it feels like a different thing. Like I, I feel like Nutcracker and Tomorrowland are two different kinds of movies that both like they both end up in the failed live action camp. But Tomorrowland, like we just said, like is a is a big swing from Disney. Like they came out of like this is this is going to be a thing. We've got a director uh, that's got the uh, visionary director. He can pull off blockbusters. Yeah, we've got he's, he's got blockbusters he's got in him, and also, and also he's got the Pixar cloud. Yeah. Uh, we're getting the we're getting it the worked star so for well this. last time we did that. Uh, so yeah. Danger Stan hadn't directed a live action movie. Yeah, I. Uh, whereas the the Nutcracker the Nutcracker just does not does not feel like they were close to breaking through to me. I agree. Uh, so I think that uh, the Nutcracker was further from success. I agree. Uh, which then leaves it, uh, yeah, leaves it still, still open here. Now we go on to legacy. I, I think it's probably going to be Tomorrowland. You think Tomorrowland has a stronger legacy or has a I think worse? It has a worse legacy. Okay. I think the budget was bigger. The swing yeah. was bigger. Yeah, I think I think this is a this is a case where. Nutcracker. It also barely made more overseas or worldwide yeah. than this movie. It actually, I think it made more overseas because Tomorrowland and Nutcracker split is like thirty-eight uh-huh. domestic, and Tomorrowland is is a little bit over close to forty over worldwide. So I think that split is pretty even. Yeah. I uh, yeah I think this is a case where the Nutcracker just kind of fading into the yeah live action Disney yeah. morass uh, helps it here. Whereas, yeah, no yeah, one's going to be talking about it on either of the people's in it resume. Clooney and Bird are going to this is going to stick out. Yeah, Tomorrowland stands out in a bad way. All right, I uh, so Tomorrowland moves on on okay. a uh, we'll face Mars needs moms split but definitive vote where it will be swept. Marson's mom. Okay. The three seed Playmobil the movie takes on the six seed flushed away. Playmobil the movie was released December 6, 2019, opening weekend. This is going to be real tough to talk about because this release strategy was wild. I'm not even sure this was made for America, but $600,000 is what it opened to. Its budget was a shocking. Seventy-two million dollars and its final gross one million and sixteen million um, worldwide. Flushed Away was released November third, two thousand six. Opening weekend eighteen million dollars, budget of one forty-nine, final gross sixty-four domestic, one seventy-eight worldwide. Playmobil cost seventy-two million. It grossed sixteen worldwide. That's a profit of twenty-two percent. Uh, flushed away had a budget of 149. It grossed 178. That's profit of 119.1. Goes to Playmobil the movie. All right. You think you have seen Flushed Away? Or you? No, have? I have not. Okay, I've seen Flushed Away. I think it's good. I haven't seen it in a while. 
And Ardman, uh, Ardman puts out the quality movies. Yeah, exactly. It was like a big thing for Ardman because it was, it was computer animated and shit. Uh-huh. So take that how you will. But um, Playmobil is an 18 on Rotten Tomatoes. Flushed Away has a 73. And on Metacritic, Playmobil is a 25. Where Flushed Away is about three times that much. At a 74. Yes, so we can comfortably say that Playmobil is the worst movie here. Okay, quick 2-0 for Playmobil. Playmobil uh, opened at number 14. Frozen was in its third weekend. Knives Out was in its second. It dropped to 25th place the next weekend, dropping 78% where it made $143,000. It's based on a German building toy. had a big ensemble cast. Uh, was never marketed here, really. Yeah. It was made by overseas animators for a European release. Flushed Away opened at number three against Borat's first weekend and the Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause. Number three in its second weekend dropped 11%. DreamWorks Animation produced the film. It was two years after Shrek 2 became the highest grossing animated film in history, a year after Madagascar opened to a $61 million Memorial Day weekend, six months after Over the Hedge made $150 million domestic, and it was produced by Arden Entertainment. It was their third feature film. All three were with DreamWorks. Chicken Run made 107 domestic in 2000, and Wallace and Gromit the Curse of the Were-Rabbit made 192. That is worldwide. Okay. I was, and I was won- say. No, 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 no. And uh, won the Oscar for Best Animated Feature. Yeah. I. So, Easier Road to Success, I mean, is flushed away because it was made like a movie? 1,000%. <laughs> Whereas Playmobil was not. I... On the other hand, I think you can just as easily say uh, that Playmobil was further from success because it was not made like a movie or not marketed like a movie. It was instead marketed like a different thing, perhaps a live action play. I, I do not know so what is, it was marketed is, which like. Which category is this? Furthest from success. Yeah, that's also Playmobil. Yeah, so it just uh, well, it was not. No one was aware of its existence. In right, North it, America. there was. I. Like, it was I don't, basically. I don't know what they were doing, but it was basically it was made for overseas, and yeah. they they dumped it here. Yeah, and we are. It's almost unfair to be in this tournament because that seventy five million dollars they spent on it wasn't to make the money here. It's like yeah. taking, you know, a a Chinese movie that made. That cost two hundred million dollars. That made eight hundred million dollars there. Yeah, but made you know two million here. But did it this... didn't make anything overseas. I agree. Yeah. So this like. But it almost feels like we're taking another country's flop, and including it with this tournament. Maybe. So but it, but it is it is still a flop. I. Uh, That's true. I just yeah. like then there's there's you know dozens and dozens of flops from other countries we could be considering. Sure. But I, that's fine. It can move on. Yeah. Shouldn't uh, shouldn't have put it out here if you didn't want us to consider it for biggest flop of the 21st century. Uh, Playmobil does move on in a three to one. The two seed Monster Trucks takes on the seven seed The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. 
Monster Trucks was released January 13th, 2017. Opening weekend, 11... I'm so sick of these fucking things opening on four days. <laughs> opening weekend, $11 million. $14 million over a four-day. Must have been Martin Luther King Day or something. Uh, budget, 125 Final gross, $33. million worldwide. The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle, like a good little movie, opened June 30th, 2000 on a fucking Friday. And they stopped counting on Sunday. So it made $7 million that weekend, a budget of 76 final gross 26 and 35 worldwide. Monster Trucks cost 125 and it grossed 64 That's a profit of 51 The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle had a budget of 76 It cost It grossed 35 That's a profit of 48.1 goes to The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. That's a... Uh, yeah. That's a tough one based on those budgets. It's you're, a big point. You're hoping you're hoping with a seventy six million dollar movie you can get that category. It's a big point. Uh I we both think I've definitely seen the Adventures of Rock and Bullwinkle. You you're pretty sure you had. I I might have, but Okay, you're less sure than you were before. Yeah, I if I if I have seen it, it has not been I haven't seen it in at least twenty years. Well me. So neither. yeah. Uh <laughs> I watch it every Christmas. Um Monster Trucks, we've not seen. Correct. So Monster Trucks had a Rotten Tomatoes uh, percentage of 32. Rocky and Bullwinkle at a 43, but we're not counting Rotten Tomatoes. It's the Metacritic scores that count. Adventures Rocky and Bullwinkle has a 36 on Metacritic, and Monster Trucks has a 41. That is a second point for Rocky and Bullwinkle. A quick 2-0. Monster Trucks opened at number seven. Hidden Figures was in its fourth weekend, probably its first expansion, or maybe even its second expanded weekend. La La Land was number two in its sixth weekend, and Sing was number three in its fourth. It dropped to seventh place in its second weekend, 35% drop. Rocky and Bullwinkle opened at number five against The Perfect Storm in its first weekend and The Patriot in its first weekend. Number nine the next weekend with a 42% drop based on the 60s cartoon. It was De Niro in his first ever film for children. It's interesting. I guess he doesn't make that many of them. No. But that, Not uh, at all. But still, yeah. might have been fun. Uh, easier road to success. Uh, I cannot see. believe Monster Trucks is about to be out of this competition. I... Well, I mean, I think Monster Trucks had the easier road to success. Why? Because uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle, I mean, I guess it's a family film, but it's still opened against two strong performing movies. Yeah, but it's got the IP, and it had a cast. I mean, Rene Russo's whatever. Yeah. Jason Alexander's whatever. De Niro's big, especially when movie stars mattered. Meet the Parents was going to come out three months after this and make how much money? Monster Trucks, who, do you know who's in that? No. Yeah. <laughs> it's got some guy. Jane Levy's the female lead. Um, That's right. I did know that. It's got a big supporting cast. I think Gene Carlos Vizito, maybe. But uh, it's at a time where original live action films, especially for children, don't do very well. Yeah. And it, it also has an extra $50 million that it has to make up to succeed there. That's uh, true. Yeah. So yeah, I guess uh, I guess those points are strong. I do. Uh, I will, in fact, tend to agree with you there. Which means 
Monster Trucks is eliminated. It is. It's a huge two-seed upset. That really is. That's shocking. All right. So our matchups in two weeks. The one-seed Mars Needs Moms takes on the... Oh, God. What one? Tomorrowland? Uh, Tomorrowland. Takes on the four-seed Tomorrowland. And the three-seed Playmobil takes on the seven-seed The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. The Tony Scott Division. The Action Films. Your contenders, the one seed Jack the Giant Slayer takes on the eight seed Mortal Engines. The four seed Stealth takes on the fifth seed Gods of Egypt. The three seed Catwoman takes on the six seed Battleship. And the two seed Jupiter Ascending takes on the seventh seed Seventh Sun. Oh, seventh seed Seventh Sun. Ah. Jack the Giant Slayer was released March 1st, 2013. Opening weekend, $27 million, budget of 195 Final gross. 65 domestic, 197 worldwide. Mortal Engines was released December 14th, 2018. Opening weekend, $7 million, budget of 100. Final gross, 16 and 83 worldwide. Jack the Giant Slayer had a budget of 195, grossed 197, that's profit of 101. Mortal Engines had a budget of 100, it grossed 83, that's profit of 83.1, goes to Mortal Engines. All right. We had seen neither of these films, so Jack the Giant Slayer had a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mortal Engines, 28 on Rotten Tomatoes. Jack the Giant Slayer, 51. Incredibly even tomato score and Metacritic score. And in one of the more one-sided disparities disparities between these two services, 28 on Rotten Tomatoes for Mortal Engines. 44 on Metacritic. So if you look at the tomato score, people think it was one of the worst movies of all time. And you look at the Metacritic score, critics thought it's not good. Yeah. It's okay. That's it. Yeah. Uh, But regardless, it is worse than Jack the Giant Slayer by critical consensus. Jack the Giant Slayer opened at number one against Identity Thief in its fourth weekend and 21 and over in its first weekend. It moved to number two in the next frame, 64% drop. Brian Singer directed it. He's a piece of shit. His last blockbuster before this was Superman Returns seven years ago, which cost way too much money and made $200 million, which was okay, in North America, and like 300 and something worldwide, which was bad. Mortal Engines opened at number five against Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse in its first weekend, and The Mule, which also debuted that weekend. It dropped to number 13 in its second weekend. Woof. Really? 77% drop. That's a Chris, That's over Christmas. Yeah. That's it's right by Christmas. Uh, Peter Jackson it got in. produced and wrote the film. It was four years after his Hobbit trilogy concluded. This is a... Uh, looking, at, looking at those numbers, uh, not only the drastically low domestic gross, uh, but then the huge drop there. Like this is, a, this is a strong eight seed, I think, Mortal Engines. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of easier road to success, I uh, let's see. Mortal Engines did have the theoretical uh, Christmas of it all uh, going on. That is a uh, that is a boon to any movie. I uh, Jack the Giant Slayer was kind of in that like in between land. Where, like, it's summer is summer is approaching, but not here yet. 
uh, coming out at the beginning of March. Uh, his Mortal Engines had Peter Jackson. That was probably the biggest factor. Yeah, just I mean, as a just as a name and a trailer. James Cameron and didn't help Alita all that much. No, but like, I think Peter Jackson helped mortal engines like peter jackson's name helped mortal engines more than brian singer's name helped jack the giant slayer that's probably true jack the giant slayer um was the big movie that weekend yeah as opposed to uh competing with spider-verse spider-verse whatever else was coming out the mule opened huge yeah the mule 17 million dollars and they both don't have stars one has a familiar story one doesn't i I think I think the uh, I think Peter Jackson producer combined with theoretical uh, Christmas marketplace gives me Mortal Engines had the easier road to success. And I'm gonna go with Jack the Giant Slayer. All right, I uh, so that's a split boat. I have Mortal Engines advancing, but Jack the Giant Slayer is still alive for you. And furthest from success. I I mean both of them need stars. Yes. Uh Jack's opening weekend is pretty decent. I mean Jack needs a different budget. Yes, the almost 200 million dollars. Jack needs for Jack a new the budget. Giant Slayer is crazy. I uh, Mortal Engines opening weekend is pretty decent for what they wanted it to be. You talking the the release date? <sighs> Or just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. The, the, the Christmas thing, you know, with Peter where he launched his uh, Lord of the Rings and Hobbit movies. Sure. When did, uh, was was there like a time of year when your your Hunger Games and your Divergence and your Maze Runners? Yeah, it was more, well, the first Hunger Games and all of the Divergent movies were, well, I don't know about the Legion, but I think Legion might have been summer. But the first two were... Um, mid to late March. Yeah. Maze Runner was October, no, September and then January. But March was like the a scene after the Hunger Games is a place where you could launch. The Hunger Games did a lot to make March part of one of the... Now we think of blockbusters as year-round, but sure. it wasn't too long ago where we didn't, and March became... A good landing spot thanks to 300 in 2007, The Hunger Games in 2012, all that kind of... It's wild to think that 300 came out five years before The Hunger Games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the... Because Mortal Engines, as I recall, has like big YA energy to it, right? It's based this on is, a book. Yeah, it's like the moving city and all that. Yeah, uh, yeah so I, I think... I think I think Mortal Engines like it on paper it seems like a good idea to get it to get it out around that Christmas time but in practice it clearly wasn't going to succeed there. I think it might have had a better chance in spring. I uh, Okay. So uh, I might I might be leaning Mortal Engines for this one as well. I mm. uh, with the uh, you know they both they both lack stars or real driving power. You know, Peter Jackson didn't direct Mortal Engines, which yes. I think is a hindrance. Yes, I think that's, I think that's true. That certainly would have been uh, would have been big. And if you got him producing and writing, 
Yeah, like, what else is he doing? Yeah, there's a it's looking through. There's Beatles a path footage. for that. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not like we're just uh, we're just coming out and being like this movie should have been directed by Steven Spielberg. Yeah, he was in a like, bunker looking at Beatles footage. Yeah, Jackson was there for four years. Um, I don't know. That's really tough for me. Because I think Jack's budget is just too high, and you need a star in that role. Yeah, the Mortal Engines doesn't need a star in the central role, but it does around that person. Yeah, and its budget is really sweet. Yeah the the budget of Jack the Giant Slayer might be might be a bigger point than anything else. That's preposterous. Yeah, I'm going and... with further Jack. Oh wait, what is it? Yeah, for yeah, it's further. Yeah, Jack's further. Yeah, I th- I think the. I think I think in the in the release date of it all, I think I was overlooking that budget, which is just just crazy. Uh, so yeah, that will uh, I will give the point to Jack there as well, uh, which keeps it alive. Yeah. And now we move on to Legacy. I uh, I mean, I think Brian Singer's got a yeah. That's uh, yeah. That's tough. That is tough. Brian- I think Peter Jackson has those six middle earth movies to kind of whiff away this, especially yeah. if this only cost a hundred, it's going to be a, a black stain on, or what is it? A red ledger? I don't know, whatever the it, term is. Yeah. yeah it doesn't. Some kind of good. marking yeah, on his mark. ledger. Um, it will be that. Yeah. But I don't think in the long run that will be remembered as much as this with that piece of shit. Yes. Uh, the, I also think his name is B R Y. It definitely is. Uh, <sighs> Which is uh, bad in its own right. Yeah. So yeah, Jack the Giant Slayer uh, comes back from behind to tie it up, which wow. uh, brings us to the uh, Druki special tiebreaker, which is. Why don't you explain that? I. Uh, so this is uh, the tiebreaker goes to the movie with the more indefensible budget. Uh, the amount of money they spend on these movies uh, really sticks in my craw sometimes, and so we have named our tiebreaker for this tournament. In named my honor. after. Um... Oh, and also the Blumhouse special. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, There's only one option. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's definitely Jack the Giant Slayer. Mortal Engine's budget is good, and Jack the Giant Slayer's budget is preposterous. I wouldn't have been shocked if you told me those budgets were flipped. I agree. If you told me Mortal Engine's 195, I'd go, oh, can we get that to 150? And then Jack's 100. Yeah, I'd they got to like, make a whole moving city. Yeah. Yeah. So Jack the Giant Slayer Jack moves the Giant on. Slayer moves on. All right, the four seed Stealth takes on the fifth seed Gods of Egypt. Stealth came out July 29, 2005, opening weekend, thirteen million dollars, a budget of one thirty-five, final gross thirty-two and seventy-nine worldwide. Gods of Egypt came out February twenty-six, two thousand and sixteen, opening weekend, fourteen million dollars, a budget of one forty. It's wild; it only cost five million more than Stealth. Uh, final gross 31 and a bu- final gross worldwide of 150. Stealth costs 135 to make. It grossed 79 worldwide. That's a profit of 58. Gods of Egypt cost 140. It grossed 150. Profit of 107.1 goes to Stealth. Yes, in a commanding point one, in fact. All right, we have both seen these movies. Yes. Um, I haven't seen Gods of Egypt since like 2016 and you haven't seen Stealth since 2005, but we've seen them both. Indeed. I, neither of these movies are good. I, my vote for worst movie goes to Gods of Egypt. Mm-hmm. I, 
we uh, we talked about this uh, a bit beforehand. I let my I let my tiebreaker here be the the insistence that all of the gods of Egypt uh, and really uh, denizens of Egypt be just like white dudes, pretty much. White dudes. I uh, is just like it's crazy. It's crazy to do that. It's one. It's it's one thing, you know, we uh, Exodus Gods and Kings is also in this tournament. And it's also not good that that movie uh, stars Christian Bale and Joel Edgerton. I I but like I I understand that theoretically you are putting movie stars in your big classic like Hollywood epic kind of movie. I mm-hmm. uh, shouldn't do it. Not a not a good idea, but I get where they're coming from. But this is this one doesn't even have like star power stars. It's Gerard Butler's a star. He has anchored movies to success. All right, but but uh, aside from him, there's nobody else in this. Yeah, and it's, and he's not even that big, but he is something. Sure, he's not, he's not nothing. This isn't Jack the Giant Slayer, Mortal Engines. No. Yeah, but it is not like he is. He is not a star of a thing that, like I think, can justify that same mindset. Right. I, uh, and he also is Scottish, and that accent stands out like even stronger when he's playing a god of Egypt. I, uh, you're you're smirking. Do you still not understand the distinction I make there? Not really. We can talk about it off mic. Okay, it's just like. To me, is my what what I'm what I'm talking about here is that I uh, I often would prefer that actors just be able to use their natural accent in things, I uh, and I think that is true when they should be cast in something, but Gerard Butler just should not have been cast in this movie to begin with, I uh, so it is not better that he gets to have his Scottish accent as the Egyptian god set, yeah I. Uh, so yeah, that is the tiebreaker here. Neither of these movies are good, but I am voting Gods of Egypt. Um, I'm as well. I've done some thinking, and I think I'd rather watch Stealth over Gods of Egypt again. All right, it's a even little... though I found Stealth very boring. Sure, uh, it's yeah. a little what? I, I was I was gonna suggest that perhaps it's a little more uh, yeah, a little more like stupid in its or fun in its stupidness, perhaps. Maybe I, I do enjoy the visual panache of Gods of Egypt. But I think the cast is just easily better. Aside from Gerard Butler, the sure. supporting cast of Gotcha is better and more interesting. But I think Stealth is probably shorter and is silly in a 2005 sense. It feels dated already, yeah. and there's something funny about that. Yeah, there's a little kitsch to it. Yeah. All right. So, Stealth came out. Uh, it opened at number four. Wedding against Wedding Crashers in its third weekend. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in its third weekend. Talk about kind of programming. That's one for the books. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Wedding Crashers opening the same time. Yeah. Sky High also opened that weekend. In its second weekend, Stealth dropped to number seven. It dropped 55%. Rob Cohen directed it. He's a piece of shit as well. Everyone should know this. It was four years after he directed The Fast and the Furious, three years after Triple X. It starred Josh Lucas, who was his first lead in a blockbuster. 
Jessica Biel, two years after the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, did $80 million, including a shocking $30 million opening weekend. And a year after Blade and Cellular bombed, Jamie Foxx also starred in the film. It was released just months after he won an Oscar for Ray. And was nominated uh, for Collateral the same year. Double nominee. Yeah. Gods of Egypt opened number two against Deadpool in its third weekend. Kung Fu Panda 3 in its fifth weekend. In its second weekend, Gods of Egypt dropped to number five. It dropped 63%. Gerard Butler started it. It was his last big, sorry, his last role before this in a big movie was Olympus Has Fallen, which did $99 million three years earlier and spawned a franchise. So, easier road to success. I I think this is hands down stealth. I am leaning that way as well. I think I, 2005 was a time when this movie could have hit. It had a big, buzzy director behind it yeah. in Rob Cohen. Oscar-winning star, even though, spoiler alert, he doesn't make it the whole movie. And, yeah, and whereas uh, Gods of Egypt, it, it, 2016... Coming out February doesn't seem like a big deal. Almost seems like it's being dumped there and just hard sell for original films at that point. Yeah. So unless you're good, it's hard to get lost. And um, I think Deadpool in its third weekend versus Wedding Crashers and Charlie and Chocolate Factory is a tougher thing for an action film. Yeah, I uh, I agree. So I'm uh, I'm voting stealth there as well. Stealth moves up two to one. Okay. Uh, now we talk furthest from success. I... I mean, just pick up the phone. Go, hello, Mr. Walker. It's me, your buddy Rob. Come be in my movie. Yeah. I'm not saying Paul Walker's a huge name, but I'm saying from the director of The Fast. He did it with Triple X. He had them both together. Yeah. And then he did it with Triple X and Vin, and now he's doing this over here with Paul. It would have been, been a good sell. Yeah. He could have he just been Josh Lucas. I think Beale is um, wildly miscast. I kind of understand it. Jamie Foxx is a good pull, especially because they cast him before he, before anyone knew that Ray was going to be a big thing. Yeah. I, and then Gods of Egypt, you need a new release date. Yes. Can't, uh, can't be coming out at the end of February for this movie. You need someone else against Gerard. It can't be Nikolai. It's got to be a name, you know? Yeah. And like, even, even if you're trying to go like Game of Thrones, like it's got it's got to be it's got to be a bigger member of the cast than him. I don't know who is like Kit Harrington at Pompeii bomb. He's not. Pulling yeah, that's true. Movies. No, I mean I don't think I don't think it would have worked either either way. No, I'm thinking you call up. Uh, Hello, Vin. <laughs> I know we've never worked before. Anybody on this movie with you? But come on over. Um, yeah, sure. What the hell? I just I just feel like in order for this to work because it's such a two hander. It is these two guys against yeah. each other. Make it, you know, law-abiding citizen was like a drama with some action in it. It was sold off Gerard Butler and stealth Jamie Foxx, head-to-head, boom-boom. Yeah. That's how you should do it. It should be, the you know, two huge action stars playing, you know, immortal gods. See them fight each other. That's the hook. Yeah. So, I think it needs a bigger cast. It needs a lower budget and a better release date. Stealth needs a new leading man. Um, the release date's fine. It's the big action movie. Sure. Nothing had come out like, you know, there's nothing in its second weekend in one, two or three. So it's got the date alone except for sky high. 
So I think God's of Egypt is further from success. Yeah, I uh, I think that is uh, that is compelling, and I agree. So we're all tied up. We move on to legacy. I. Uh, we did the uh, we did the Brian Singer factor on the last one. Rob Cohen's a big one. I don't want to really. Chadwick. Is that a thing? I. He didn't make a whole lot of movies. Yeah, but I, even in his his very is not very but relatively limited filmography, yeah. like I don't think Gods of Egypt really stands out. Okay. I. You know, I think he he doesn't have a big role, right? I don't no, remember. no, he has a he has a very uh, a very small role. I uh, yeah, I think that his 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 legacy to me is the that big run of biopics that he did, and then yeah. and then obviously the uh, the Marvel stuff at the end. Uh, I don't think Gods of Egypt really factors for him. All right, well, it's a big miss for Gerard. Um... Yeah. It's all, and it's all it's also just got the uh, got the white guys as Egyptians thing. It does have that, a, uh, and it also just hurts um, the viability of live action new to franchise play. Yeah, in a time where that's already on shaky ground, you know, stealth bombing does nothing for original action IP in two thousand five. People right. just move on and go, oh, the next one. Will yeah, happen. yeah, we'll do it again. Gods of Egypt, it's like, oh, another one can't do it. Jesus Christ, you know. Yeah. But the Rob Cohen thing is a big deal. Uh, he kept making movies after this. You know, I'll look it up, but yeah. I know that Brian Singer went back to X-Men, but Brian Singer's filmography is fairly small. And I, it might be that it's just fairly small in regard. Like it's, it's X-Men, it's X2, Superman Returns. This is in the 2000s. Obviously, he right. did you know whatever sure um then he takes a break i don't know why i had this as his first big movie oh first big movie he had valkyrie in 2008 jack the giant slayer days of future past apocalypse then he's fired from bohemian rhapsody and now he's done yeah right so it's not a huge sample after this. It's the two X-Men movies, and then he's fired off Bohemian once the allegations, once his thing started, and then the allegations right. came out. Rob Cohen, while his career really tanked after this didn't do well, but you know he had Fast and Furious, Triple X, this. He did The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, three years after this, which made okay money. Yeah. I think it made like 140 domestic. Alex Cross, which we know. You don't cross. Uh, the Boy Next Door, which is that Jennifer Lopez movie, which only cost... I think that's, that's a Blumhouse. That only cost $4 million. Blumhouse Special made 52 Yeah. So that was a hit. This was really his last... I mean, The Mummy was his last blockbuster. And then he did The Hurricane Heist. So I don't really know where this fits in. You know, because after I, this, he had a pretty decent success. Yeah. So... Yeah, so maybe it's Gods of Egypt then for the the damage to the live action movies for the. Why did I look up Brian Singer? Uh, just comparing uh, how big of a how big of a deal Rob Cohen is. Huh. Uh, just realized that it's nothing to do with anything. Um, I think maybe it's Gods of Egypt. Yeah, I, I, th I think I, I also I also just think that like. This could just be my ignorance talking. I don't think Rob Cohen has as big of a name as 
Brian, Brian Singer. Singer. No, Brian Singer, you know, directed four of the biggest X-Men movies. Yeah. And a Superman movie. So, I agree. All right, we'll do uh, Gods of Egypt then. So, Gods of Egypt advances three to two. All right. The three-seed Catwoman takes on the six-seed Battleship. Catwoman was released July 23rd, 2004. Opening weekend, $16 million, Budget of 100 It grossed 40 here in North America and 82 worldwide. Battleship was released May 18th, 2012. Opening weekend, $25 million. Its budget was 200 Final gross, 65 uh, Domestic, 303 worldwide. Catwoman... Had a budget of 100 and made 82 all over the world. That's profit of 82%. Battleship cost 200 and made 303. That's profit of 151.1. Goes to Catwoman. Yes, by far. We had. I feel like I've seen most of. I've seen Catwoman a while ago, and I've seen most of Battleship. I think. Okay. But we are going with the Metacritic. You yes, haven't seen I have, either. I have seen neither of these. So it's a shame we, we're not going to watch one of these. Uh, Catwoman has a 27 on Metacritic and a 41 on Metacritic for Battleship. Point two goes to Catwoman. Catwoman easily, again, it's a strong performance from our three seed here. Catwoman was uh, came out, I wish we could have a sweep before I have to read any of this shit. Catwoman came out, because it's funny, if Catwoman wins this point, yeah. then we just move on. Yeah. Um, open to number three against the Born Supremacy... I, Robot, and Spider-Man 2. Those were in Weekend 1, 2, and 4, respectively. It dropped to number 6 in its second... That's a huge summer. Jesus Christ. Uh, dropped number 6 in its second weekend. 61% drop based on the popular Batman character. Halle Berry starred in it three years after winning her Best Actress Oscar for... I was... Uh, I don't know. Monster's Ball. Damn. Mark Foster. Damn. I, uh, I Mark will- Foster? What's his name? Forrester. No. Okay. Webb? I don't know. No, go ahead. I I will never not conflate Monsters Ball and Monster in my head because uh, they are both uh, movies that I was aware of as Oscar I players see. without watching either of them. And so whenever whenever I like want to think, like, oh, yeah, Halle Berry, Monsters Ball. No, wait. That was Charlize. And I don't think Harry, Halle Berry was in that movie. Uh, and then it I think. Falls well, apart. I also think they're back to back. That's weird. Like Monsters Ball is o two. Maybe Monsters Ball is o one. It's o one. Okay. Nicole Kidman's the next year. Charlize is the next year. Mark Fo- Forster. You should. I think I always call him Foster. You should know his name. He directed Monsters Ball, Finding Neverland, Stranger Than Fiction, The Kite Runner, Quantum of Solace, World War Z, Christopher Robin, and uh, the uh, remake, upcoming remake of uh, a man called Oove, called a man okay. called Otto with Tom Hanks. Cool. All right. Back to this. Halle Berry. (laughs) Three years after winning the Oscar. It's two years after her buzzy role as Jinx in Die Another Day. A year after X2, which was critically and commercially successful. And Gothica, which came out that year, and that made okay money. Battleship opened at number two against the Avengers' third weekend. The Dictator was in its first. The next weekend, Battleship dropped to number three. It dropped 56%. Based on the board game created in 1967, Peter Bird directed it four years after directing Hancock to great success, and it has an ensemble cast including Rihanna. This is tough for easier road to success. On the one hand, Catwoman has Halle Berry uh, at a time when that yeah. mattered more. 
uh, and is like superhero IP at a time when that mattered less. Uh, meanwhile, Battleship is like Transformers Junior. Big spectacle. Um, just based on a based on a silly toy. Yeah, it's based on something that it already will get like snarks about. You yeah, know, like what's based on the board game. Whereas I think that if if we flipped these release if we flipped these release dates, then Battleship isn't seen as like they're doing a thing based on a game. In 2004, I think we're like this movie's huge. You know, yeah, like oh, someone has an idea, right. not just we have to make a movie based on everything. Right. And yeah, uh, someone. And, just... and meanwhile, in 2012, Catwoman's like oh, like a. Like a fun, uh, like a, a sexy fun, buzzy Catwoman, Batman thing. Yeah. yeah, like, let's do the this. The amount of shit that was spent on on her outfit, the amount of questions she got about, like, that outfit's so sexy. I could see, like, parts of your stomach. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. Um, I mean, she's gorgeous, but that outfit's whatever. I... The release date is tough. Catwoman is... <laughs> has a lot of competition. Yeah. The Born Supremacy, which was a breakout sequel, first one opened about 20, 21, 22. Uh-huh. iRobot, which everyone knew was going to be big. Spider-Man still pulling in 15. Like the, the, uh, the box office has had its run of action films. And then Battleship, you know, three weeks is enough to get away from uh, Avengers. It's possible sure. that people are ready for a new, brand new um, big flick. So, easy road to success. Halle Berry's a big name. Battleship has no names in it. Rihanna's an inter- interesting thing, but she's not a box office name, as, right. as is cemented with Valerian. She's in Valerian. Yes. Um, it's got Taylor Kitsch. Peter Berg is an interesting director, but I don't think they were touting from the director of Hancock. Yeah, this is, this one. this one's really, this one's very close. For me, I think I think I'm gonna go with the budget. Ah, which what which movie was more likely to recoup there? Yeah, that's a that's a fine uh, that's a fine Catwoman had, would have an easier way to get to a hundred with yeah. overseas potential than Battleship would to make a profit. Yeah. I I I I like that. Let's say yeah, that's as good a tiebreaker as any. Yeah. So Catwoman will get our point there, and uh, advance in the tournament. Whoa! Wow! Was that a sweep? It was a sweep. Wow! All right, we got to watch Catwoman now. All right. Jupiter sending the two seed against Seventh Son, the seventh seed. Jupiter sending, open February. Noah. Yes, that is February sixth. Oh! Oh! Yeah, no. you wanna you wanna th- yeah. take a look? Yeah. All right. These opened at some point. Jupiter sending an opening weekend of eighteen, a budget of one seventy six, and a final gross of forty seven. Oh no, I think that's correct. But yeah, I want you to double check. Uh worldwide one eighty four for Jupiter sending. Seventh Sun maybe came out the same day, February sixth, twenty fifteen. Opening weekend seven million, budget of ninety five, final gross. 17 and 114 worldwide. Bigger project. It's the same day? Uh, no, when I when I looked it up, uh, the release date given was the release date in Russia, which is not helpful. Did you just Google it? Uh, yes, I did just Google it. That is correct for Jupiter Ascending. Uh, the release date for Seventh Sun was February 6, 2015. Yes, they opened on the same day. Yeah. That's fun. 
All right, Jupiter Sending cost 176. It made 184, profit of 104, and Seventh Sun had a budget of 95, and it grossed 114, profit of 120. Shockingly, point one here goes to Jupiter Ascending. Yes, indeed. Quality of movie. We've seen both of these. Yes. I just saw Seventh Son recently. Yeah. Our, uh, my vote here is uh, easily for Jupiter Ascending. And mine is easily for Seventh Son. Really? Easily for Seventh Son? I would rather watch Jupiter Ascending than Seventh Son again. A thousand You're- percent. Out of your mind. Every time. I will take imagination over boring, generic shit every single time. Especially for that Chicago sequence. They filmed at the Magic Hour all around Chicago. Yeah, maybe. I I think Jupiter Ascending is so poorly imagined. Like, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I And I... I'm, I don't want to come out and be like Seventh Son's actually quite good. I think Seventh Son is, uh, in pretty much every respect, exactly a replacement level movie. Mm. I think uh, basically everything about it was done fine. Uh, it was made in a uh, in a coherent and competent way mm-hmm. and handled a uh, like an entry into its genre in a like. Perfect, perfectly paint by numbers way, but like one that worked. True. Uh, and I think Jupiter Ascending was just a garbled mess that was long and unpleasant and had at least one of the worst performances I can recall being given. That's fascinating to watch. Jeff Bridges is not just, to not Jeff to me. Jeff Bridges is giving a terrible performance in Seven Sun as well. Not as bad no, as, not, as not any not Redmayne. It's a bad performance. Everyone's giving a bad performance in Seven Sun. But um, the, the the special effects are second rate. The story's second rate. The acting is second rate. The dialogues, it's just all shit that I've seen before done a thousand times better. There's not a whole lot in Jupiter Ascending that I've seen before. Not that I want to see it again, but at least it showed me something I hadn't seen. Whether it was good or bad, I'd rather go back to that because I will have forgotten pieces of it. Whereas if I watch Seventh Son in 10 years... I'll know exactly the beats it's going to hit because it's like every other one of those movies and shows. All right. I I respect your take. That was fun. What are we doing? I have to read this shit now? There you go. Jupiter Ascending opened at number three against the SpongeBob movie. SpongeBob of Water in its first weekend. American Sniper in its seventh, probably its third wide. I don't know. It dropped to number five in its second weekend, dropped 42%. The Wachowskis directed it three years after Cloud Atlas bombed. It starred Channing Tatum two years after White House Down disappointed and eight months after Jump 22 Jump Street was a smash hit. Seventh Son opened at number four that weekend. <laughs> the SpongeBob movie Sponge Out of Water shockingly was number one. You're not going to believe it, but American Sniper was number seven that weekend <laughs> and Jupiter Ascending ranked number three. That all sounds familiar and it, correct. It dropped number six. I can't believe they dropped the same amount of percents. 42. And it had an ensemble cast, though none of them could really open a book, uh, box office-wise. Yes. Um, yeah. I. All right. Easier road to success here. I. It's, it's tough judging them against each other because they're coming at coming out at the same time you have yeah. such concrete results i jupiter sending was the bigger movie 
Yes. It was a, a big spectacle. Big spectacle. Play. Wachowskis are doing a, a more commercial friendly sci fi epic. Sure. It had uh, it had Tatum's the hot. biggest star involved. Tatum's Tatum's hot right now. And Seventh Son was shot like three years earlier and shelved for a bit, moved around, and again, seemingly released under the radar. So even though Jupiter Ascending cost a lot more. Yeah, I I still think it I still cost think, a lot more. Yeah, I, I still think that number was probably more reachable. But it's it's, it's 176 is more reachable. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Then 95. I mean, realistically, what we're, what we're looking at is is not 176 and 95. It's like 400 against 300. Yeah. And if we're looking at like, do we think Seventh Son would have ever made 300 million dollars worldwide? The answer is no. No, I, you know, if I I may have a. a I may have an affinity for your sort of uh, boilerplate by the numbers uh, fantasy type movies like mm-hmm. Seventh Son. Sure. But like what what examples of those hitting do we have that aren't a Lord of the Ring? I mean, do you count like Wrath of the Titans? Wait, what was the first one called? Clash. Clash. Do you count that? Mm. It's kind of famous. They're fighting monsters, swords. It's kind of. It's kind of. It's about but, gods and shit. Yeah, like not really. But I, th- I okay. think that's a different thing. All right. I well, then not a whole lot. Yeah, it's just it's not a uh, it's not a well tread genre for success. So I think easier road goes to Jupiter ascending. For okay. Me. Sure. I. So you have it winning. I do, and uh, you've got it up two one. Okay. What more do you have to change? Uh, yeah, furthest from here. Uh, it's Seventh Sun. Yeah, this, you, like you, you can't open against Jupiter ascending. First of all, even if it's gonna bomb, and you got to get a star <laughs> in your movie. And the only thing Jupiter ascending needs to change again, aside from quality, which we're not really counting, right, is um, a lower budget, I think, and maybe a different release date. But really, that budget needs to be brought down to about one fifty, one forty. Yeah. But other than that, the release date could change, sure. But you have Channing, which is fine. And uh, you have the marquee directors. I think the biggest issue is just Seventh Son releasing on the same weekend. That's just nuts. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, so, what did they think was going to happen? Uh, yeah, so Seventh uh, Seventh Son gets my vote here as well. Uh, yeah. And we move on to Legacy. Which is going to be Jupiter. Yes. So we can just... Uh, yes, Jupiter Ascending is... Uh, yeah. A, you know, talk about small filmographies. The Wachowskis, you can pretty much rattle off the whole thing. And ready, you, go. Uh, the Matrices. Well, I, I get they did do movies before that, but it's a little murky. There's Bound, and then sure. maybe another one. But yeah. yeah, Bound, The Matrices, I, uh, Speed Racer, I, mm-hmm. uh, Cloud Atlas, Jupiter Ascending, and they wrote V for Vendetta and produced it. Okay, sure. They didn't direct it. But right. yeah, it's it's a short list. Exactly. Whereas I don't know who the fuck directed Seventh Son. Yeah. And, uh, and Jeff Bridges. It will, it will not factor in Jeff Bridges' career, nor Julianne Moore's. I guarantee you 99.9% of the population do not know Julianne Moore was in this movie. That's uh, probably right. I think this movie could end. I think this movie could end. 
You could we could get the entire population to watch this movie. Yeah. That number drops to ninety nine percent of people. I think as soon as it ends, they go, Julianne Moore's in there. You're like, huh? Yeah. Oh, I guess. Yeah. yeah. All right. So our matchups. It's very exciting. The one seed, Jack the Giant Slayer takes on the four seed Stealth. That'll be cool. And the three seed Catwoman takes on the two seed Jupiter Ascending. One, two, three, four, all yeah. making it through. You may have to watch Jupiter Ascending again, depending on how you feel about Catwoman. That's, that's a big possibility. Yeah. All right. The Norafron Division. The movie's banking on those bankable names. The stars you want to see in movies you didn't. All right. The one seed Battlefield Earth takes on the eighth seed The Tourist. A lot of Johnny Depp here. The four seed Transcendence takes on the fifth seed 47 Ronin. The three seed The Sorcerer's Apprentice takes on the six seed Gulliver's Travels. And the two seed Ballistic X versus Sever takes on the seven seed Black Hat. Battlefield Earth came out May 12, 2000, opening weekend $11 million, budget 80, final gross 21 and 29 worldwide. The Tourist was released, wow, 10 years later. That feels like a millennium apart. I that agree. That breaks my brain. 10 years. All right. Tourist was released December 10th, 2010. Opening weekend, $16 million, a budget of 100 Final gross, 67 and 278 worldwide. Battlefield Earth cost $80 million. It grossed 29 Profit of 37%. The Tourist costs 100 It grossed 278 Profit of 276 One of the bigger ones we have in this tournament. Yeah. Uh, point one easily goes to Battlefield Earth. It does. Okay, we haven't... I've seen... I've seen most of Battlefield Earth, and I may have seen most of The Tourist. I don't know. You haven't seen either. I've seen none of either. So, let's start with The Tourist. 37% on Metacritic. Noah. that's pretty low. It is. It's going to be hard to beat 37. Battlefield Earth checks notes. What does that have? Nine. <laughs> 9% on Metacritic. Point two goes to Battlefield Earth. Okay. Battlefield... Oh, God. Uh, what? Okay. Harder Road to Success was Battlefield. Is that the one? Easier Road to easier Success? Road to su- easier Road to that Success. That might be the tourist. All right, I'll read them. Battlefield Earth, open to number two. Against Gladiators, first weekend. Second weekend, sorry. And U571, you all remember that movie? Of course fourth, I do. Fourth weekend. <sighs> Did I ever tell you um, that, that, that this was... No, this was McConaughey. Catherine Bigelow did Widowmaker. There was like two submarine movies that came out around the same time. This and K-19, The Widowmaker. Okay. There's a clip of Harrison Ford, I think on Conan, promoting KU's in it, K-19, The Widowmaker. And at one point he just goes, that's a terrible title. (laughs) And Conan's like, what? Come on, it's cool. And he's like, no, it's a terrible (laughs) title. It's a funny, it's a great clip. He's Um, great. Battlefield Earth dropped to number six in its second weekend, sixty-six percent drop. I think he repeated. He's like the widow make K nineteen the Widowmaker. It's based on a book by L. Ron Hubbard. Um, Never heard of him. Who founded Scientology? There's a lot of involvement controversy around this film, whether it was funded by the church. John Travolta starred in it. It was three years after Face Off and a year after The General's Daughter, which cost the drama ninety million dollars. Thank you, 1999. Uh, but made 102 domestic. I think that's domestic. The Tourist opened to number two against The Chronicles of Narnia, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, which was number one that weekend, and Tangled in its third weekend. 
The Taurus, the next week, dropped to number six, 48% drop. Sorry, Angelina Jolie, two years after Wanted, made 134 domestic and 342 worldwide, and Changeling led to an Oscar nomination. Uh, it was a few months after Salt made 118 million domestic and 293 worldwide. Johnny Depp also starred in it. Nine months after Alice in Wonderland made 334 million dollars domestic and a billion worldwide. Easier road to success. Uh, I mean, I do think this is the tourist. I do too. Uh, two uh, two big stars. Uh, not I, a, not a. I don't know if it is in fact, but like a sexy, you know, oh, you know, foreign locales. Yeah, it seems like that. I. Uh, so yeah, the tourist will uh, take a point off of Battlefield Earth here. What's the next one? Uh, furthest from success. Battlefield Earth. Yes, that is a. Uh, definitively true i don't even know what they could change honestly because like travolta's a star if this really is quality like the i mean yeah it's I just mean, it's the negative buzz going into that movie yeah was just horrendous yeah at a, at a, we, we try not to say just like they should have made a better movie here but at a certain point, like, you That's have to make an to okay movie. I'll tell you what the biggest thing needed to be changed was the look of the film. His makeup, his dreadlocks, yeah. everything. And it wins. It does. Battlefield Earth advances. Are you uh, so excited to watch Battlefield Earth? I'm curious. To finally know what it is. Yeah. yeah. A lot of a lot of tilted angles. Transcendence, number four. The fourth seed against 47 Ronin in the fifth seed. Transcendence was released April 18th, 2014. Opening weekend, $11 million. Budget, 100 Final gross, 23 domestic and 103 worldwide. 47 Ronin came out on Christmas Day, 2013. Opening weekend, $10 million. $20 million for the four-day opening. As again, it opened on Christmas. Budget, $175 million. Final gross, 38 Worldwide, 151 Transcendence cost 100 It made 103 That's profit of 103 47 Ronin cost 175 It made 151 That's profit of 87.1 goes to Transcendence. Yes, indeed it does. I feel like I've seen Transcendence, but... Uh, no, point one goes to 47 Ronin. Excuse me. Yes, you're, uh, you are correct. You haven't seen either of these. Metacritic... The Metacritic... There's <laughs> one guy, I think, given the score. Yeah. Uh, 42 for Transcendence, 28 for 47 Ronin, two points for 47. This is short, which is nice. Transcendence. Open at number four against Captain America, the Winter Soldier, in its third weekend. Heaven is for real in its first weekend. It dropped to number six in its second frame, 61% drop. Johnny Depp starred in it a year after the Lone Ranger bombed. 47 Ronin. I don't even know why I don't put I didn't put where that is, but whatever. I'll look it up in a second. Keanu Reeves starred in it. It was his first blockbuster lead in five years since the day the earth stood still. J- did just okay with two hundred and ninety three, two hundred and thirty three yeah. million dollars worldwide, and it opened against. I'm keeping Drum everyone roll, in suspense. Please. This is, listen, they they make me go through a lot of hoops here on Mojo to get to my stats. The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug, uh, Frozen, Anchorman 2, and American Hustle. Uh, what the fuck did this? 
There it opened at number nine. Yeah. Against a bunch of movies. Sure. Christmas. What's the first one? Uh, easier Road to Success. I. I I'll, I'm, I'll take the budget on that one. I think that's our that's our key. Here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be transcendent. I think our budget I against th- this this lineup here that they're trying to make money on. Yeah. Plus a. Uh, Transcendence, I think, has the bigger star at the time. Yes, it does. Uh, it also had a decent ensemble cast. So, uh, so yeah, Transcendence is going to be Transcendence is Wally Pfeiffer's directorial debut. Oh, sure. Yeah, uh, Transcendence is easier road takes at least one point off of Forty Seven Ronin. Let's talk furthest from. Yeah, uh, I mean that's Forty Seven Ronin. Yeah, Transcendence that's... needed a slightly lower budget. Transcendence needed to cost half what it cost. Yeah. Ronan needed to cost a third of what it cost. Two thirds of what it cost. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, that's that hundred seventy-five million is still is just crazy. Also, like trying to open on Christmas, like I don't know. For a big epic, it's tough. For yeah. for a big, I think this was R. I'm not even sure. But for a big kind of niche epic, yeah, it that's tough. yeah. Christmas is the time for your uh, your broad your broad appeal and your like. It's sort possible of. Grandma wants to see Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. Grandma does not want to see 47 Ronin. No. That's the problem. Uh, so 47 Ronin advances. All right. 47 Ronin against Battlefield Earth. The three seed, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, takes on the six seed, Gulliver's Travels. Sorcerer's Apprentice, released July 14th, 2010. Opening weekend, $17 million, $24 million over the five-day Budget of 150, final gross 63 domestic and 215 worldwide. Gulliver's Travels in the sixth seed, 20 uh, December 25th, Christmas Day 2010, opening weekend, six million dollar two day. Christmas Day must have been on uh, Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Budgeted at 112, final gross 42 and 237 worldwide. Sorcerer's Apprentice costs one fifty. It grossed two fifteen. Profit of one forty three. Gulliver's Travels had a budget of one twelve. Grossed two thirty seven. That's profit of two twelve. Point one goes to the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yes, it does. Uh, quality of movie here. Uh, Tough for you, huh? I feel pretty good about Gulliver's Travels being worse here. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I, I think. Uh, I think Sorcerer's Apprentice is not good. Uh, it is. It is very. Uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of similar to Seventh Son for me, except like, uh, slight. It's slightly worse in most respects, and also doing like a, a different iteration of the genre right. that I I would much rather watch a sincere, like earnest mentor mentee movie than like the funny one mm-hmm. where the mentee is like you're wearing old man shoes and i'm jay baruchel i and also i like i'll take the guy that was the seventh son over jay baruchel uh ben barnes pretty, yeah pretty uh, pretty definitively okay i but gulliver's travels just like both didn't didn't work for me and also was kind of inexplicable. Uh, travels inexplicable. Yeah, I don't like. Really, really, just couldn't get over it being based on that book, that story, from 
a very long time ago. I. Uh, so yeah, I uh, I vote Gulliver's Travels here. All right. Uh, by the way, I really hate to do this, but I'm gonna need you to read the rest of the shit. I just like I'm exhausted. Okay. Uh, I have a half. Is that okay? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's okay if it's not. I had a half a star rating above for one of these films, so I'm going with the one that I rated a half a star over. That makes sense. And that's Gulliver's Travels. And I'll tell you why I think it is. I would rather watch the charming cast of that in a bad movie Okay. than Jay Baruchel be annoying, uh, Nicolas Cage phone it in, and just such a childlike plot that just didn't interest me at all. So I'd rather watch the antics of people that I like. Over okay. There. So you're actually going with Sorcerer's Apprentice here. Yeah, sure. Yes. As the I'm uh, picking Gulliver's Travels is better. Right. So yes. Okay. I. So then we move on to Easier Road, and here's some uh, here's some stats for you. The Sorcerer's Apprentice opened at number three. Inception was in its first weekend. It opened number one. With $62 million, uh, Despicable Me uh, came in uh, at number three that weekend in its second with 33. Uh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice fell down to number four in its second, uh, dropped 45%. Uh, directed by John Turtletob, uh, it had been three years since the sequel to National Treasure, uh, made $459 million worldwide. I, that's domestic the next number okay uh which uh had grown uh, grown on the success of the original national treasure making uh, almost 50 million it's impressive more. uh yeah doesn't uh, doesn't often happen nicholas cage your big star here i uh, had released knowing the previous year uh to 80 million dollars domestically uh gulliver's travels meanwhile opened uh, all the way down at number eight on christmas day uh little fockers was number one that weekend uh, with 31. True Grit was number two with 25. Uh, Gulliver's Travel stayed at number eight its second weekend. Uh, Rose 47% or? No, I uh, believe so because it opened a, it opened on a two day. Yeah, sure. That so, makes yeah. sense. Uh, yeah, to $9 million, which is just a, a, just a little quirk of reality more than Gulliver's Travels having like a big surge, I think. Yeah. I uh, Jack Black, your big star here. Uh this was the year after Year 1 bombed. Uh it was 4 years after his last solo hit being Nacho Libre with uh, 80 million dollars. That's right. So we're talking easier road to success here. Uh Yeah, it's probably National Treasure. And the reason I'm giving it that is no. Do you- Yes, Sorcerer's Apprentice. And the okay. reason I'm giving it that is the Little Fockers opening. Yeah. The same time as Gulliver's Travels. That's reaching really the same audience. Yeah. I think Gulliver's Travels is the kind of movie that can open on Christmas. Yes. Uh, you know, unlike 47 Ronins we were just talking about. But that's just that's just too big a lineup. To and it opened oh. at number eight, which means that there were other movies that probably would also fit this demographic that were yeah. open. Yeah. Uh, whereas uh, you know, Sources Apprentice, we were just we were just talking about how many uh, how many movies like uh, like Seventh Son succeed, which is not that many. I feel like Sources Apprentice does have a much more like modern tone and vibe. I I could have seen that becoming like a thing that people watched and liked. Mm-hmm. I so yeah, I will. Uh, I am leaning Sources Apprentice here as well with the easier road right. 
to success. I uh, let's see. Oh dear, I've missed a uh, what? Did I miss? Did I miss a thing here? I might have missed a thing in my uh, I don't know in my reading. No, I didn't. I'm mistaken. Okay. We both uh, we both awarded Sorcerer's Apprentice there. You've got it moving on. I've got Sorcerer's Apprentice up two to one. All right. Uh, so we move on to furthest from success. Okay. I, I think the the premise of Gulliver's Travels is is flawed. The the oh, gr- the really? ground upon which this adaptation is based. <laughs> like I I think it's a. I think it's a very strange thing to adapt and try to be like we've got a we've got a modern comedy right. sensibility we're going to bring to uh, this very old like satirical short story. I I just I I just fundamentally don't see that working. Uh, and I I think that is the that is a a much bigger gap than anything Sources Apprentice had. Going Does it matter it. what I would vote for here? I always no, I mean like, does it? Yeah, does it count? I. If 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 you're voting for, sorcerer's appre- Gulliver's I'm, I'm voting Gulliver's, which would tie it for you, success, right? Which ties it for me. I got you. Okay. Um, so like, scoring wise, no, you've got sorcerers advancing. So. Yeah, the, I I don't know, and I don't really want to harp on it, just because we're running long. I do want to say that I can see the appeal of Jack Black as trying to transport to a world where he's big. Okay. As like a general, just fun premise, like almost not exactly, but like a Bruce Almighty kind of. There used to be a term for this kind of thing, but uh, this kind of premise. Um, whereas it's, Sorcerer's Apprentice, what? I was. It's like a variation of like a fish out of water thing. Yeah. Except it's, it's a, not. like, man is God thing. Broad, broad concept. But Sorcerer's Apprentice, I can see feeling derivative from a lot of stuff that was going on. Yeah. Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Chronicles of Narnia, all this kind of shit kind of being placed in a smaller box. Uh, so I don't know. So why don't you continue? Okay. It's the first time I've ever uh, done yeah. this. Yeah. What so was the category? Eat, what would I have to fur- change? That was furthest from success. Um, No, I'm going to go with Gulliver. Okay. Uh, just just the, the turtle top cage Disney power. Sure. Uh, and then that brings us to Legacy. Uh, which of these uh, which of these movies has uh, a worse legacy or less of a legacy? I think Gulliver's has less of a legacy. I uh, I think because Sorcerer's Apprentice is bigger, uh-huh. budget is 150. I think it might be the last budgeted Nicolas Cage movie that's that big. They obviously didn't make a National Treasure 3. And it's all the same people. It's Disney, Bruckheimer, Turtle Top, Cage. And even though Book of Secrets did better than the first one, this bombed no more National Treasure movies. Right. So you think the uh, the legacy of Sorcerer's Apprentice is, is kind worse. of ruining that combo. Uh, ruining so that combo. Bad. I think it was in a string of Bruckheimer flops. And Turtle Top didn't really get this kind of budget again for anything. Yeah. Whereas I don't think Gulliver's Travels, while... Hurting Jack Black's bankability as a leading man. I don't uh, think anybody really remembers this movie in his lexicon. Right, and he's gone on to uh, have hit since. Maybe not as like the guy. Yeah, not as a solo star, but certainly added value elements. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. 
so yeah, that uh, I think that is a uh, a very compelling case, and we'll swing my vote to sorcerers to advance it to the next round. All right, the two seed uh, ballistic X versus Sever, and the seven seed Black Hat. Yes, indeed. Uh, so ballistic X versus Sever opened uh, September twentieth, two thousand two. Uh, it opened to seven million dollars against a budget of seventy. Uh, its final gross was fourteen million domestic, twenty worldwide. Black Hat opened January sixteenth, twenty fifteen. Uh, that opened to four million dollars uh, on its five day as well. Uh, also with a budget of seventy million dollars. That was a uh, final gross of eight million domestic and nineteen. Right. Don't scroll down worldwide. Did, did you already see it? No. Okay. This is a lot of fun. Ballistic X versus Sever had a budget of seventy. It grossed twenty. That's a profit of twenty eight point seven nine percent. Black Hat had a budget of seventy. It grossed seventy th- seventy. It grossed nineteen. That's a profit of twenty point oh seven percent. Twenty eight, even. That's even uh, it. That's that's even more interesting. That is a yeah. That is a difference of seven tenths of a percent, basically. Yeah. I yeah. uh, one million dollar difference uh, yeah. in worldwide gross. Giving the Same point to Black Hat there. Budget. That's crazy. Uh, Metacritic, Blizzard X versus Sever has a nineteen, literally a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Black Hat has a 32%, 51 on Metacritic. That point goes to Ballistic. Yes, that uh, that, that ties that uh, ties that up. Ballistic extras are sever. Not going to lose many of those uh, profit relative to budget. No, uh, or quality of movie. Yes, that too. Uh, so easier road to success. Uh, Ballistic extras sever opened at number four. Uh, Barbershop was number one that weekend in its second weekend with 13. The Banger Sisters, uh, number Hell yeah. two, I presume, in its first weekend with 10. I saw that in theaters. Uh, the Banger Sisters? Yeah. Never heard of it. Goldie uh, Hawn, Susan Sarandon play a bunch of aged um, groupies. Okay. Who are best friends and, yeah. Cool. I Banger. Banger Sisters. I liked it when I was a kid. Nice. I dropped to number eight in its second weekend, a uh, 61% drop. Uh, starred Antonio Banderas, uh, four years since his uh, last leading role was a hit in The Mask of Zorro with $94 million. Uh, this was a year after both Spy Kids and Original Sin were misses for him. Uh, also starred Lucy Liu, which was two years after Charlie's Angels hit big. Uh, Black Hat, meanwhile, opened at number 10. Uh, American Sniper. Uh, was number one in its fourth weekend with eighty nine million. Uh, the Wedding Ringer uh, in its first weekend with twenty. I uh, fell to number fifteen in its second weekend, a fifty seven percent drop. Directed by Michael Mann, uh, it was his first film in six years uh, after Public Enemy made okay money, uh, and starred Crips Hemsworth. Uh, you may have heard of him as Thor. Uh, his last Thor appearance was The Dark World in 2013, which is two years before this. Uh, this was his first leading uh, big budget. It sure was. Non-Thor thing. Uh, easier road to success here. This is 1,000% ballistic X versus Severs. This is, uh, you think their uh, their star power was uh, was real big at the not, time? Not necessarily bigger than Hemsworth's, but more importantly, this kind of movie could hit in 2000. And two, a movie like Black Hat can't hit in 2015. Yeah, that's that's a, the uh, difference. 
I think that's I think that's right. There's room for ballistic in the marketplace. There's not for black hat. Yeah. I uh, God, ballistic for sever. I uh, what is what is the movie I always conflate it with? Equilibrium. The, uh, no, it's the uh, the but it's like that the Sean Connery movie Entrapment. It's nothing like that. No, I that's <laughs> I I I don't think it's the same thing. Oh, okay. But just uh, did they come out at similar times? Maybe. Yeah, uh, Entrapment yeah. was ninety nine. So yeah. Okay. This was this is this is my like roughly uh, my eleven year old brain mm-hmm. just kind of seeing these movies in the world. Yeah. At like. At the same time, at Blockbuster or something, for whatever reason, and like, oh, that's a that's a weird name, and like, I I don't I don't know what. Trevor was a hit. I saw it in uh, theaters. They are conflated in my mind. She crawled under those lasers. Whatever reason, yeah. Her boat was sticking up. Indeed, it was great. I I remember nothing else about that movie. That's a. I was eight. Yeah, I nothing more than that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll uh, I'll agree there to okay. uh, give ballistic easier road to success. Great, great, great. Uh, which one was further from though? Uh, Black Hat. Uh, I think it's I mean, Black Hat. Yeah, getting a getting a getting a different star isn't really going to help you in 2015. I don't think. Uh, it depends who the star is. I guess like. Getting if it's Leo, well, if it's Leo, it's Body of Lies. If it's Tom Cruise, Leo. If it's Denzel, if it's Denzel, Mwah. Sure. Denzel and a Michael Mann little thriller, that's golden. Yeah, but it depends. I don't know who else. I just think it's because both of these are based on star power, and one marketplace is more conducive to that than the other. That you really have to change the star of Black yeah. Hat. Yeah, all right. Whereas you don't necessarily have to change a star in 2002 of Antonio, sexy Antonio Medeiros and sexy Lucy Liu. Yeah, I think that's, I I think think that's, that's the difference. I think that's reasonable. So uh, Black Hat is further from success. We are tied up at 2-2 two to two here. Yeah. And Legacy, it's ballistic. It's supposed to be one of the worst movies ever made. It's a notorious flop. Yeah. It, need... it, it didn't ruin Lucy Liu's career, but how many other starring vehicles do you have for her? And same thing with Antonio, really, in the action genre. It was yeah. just a disaster. Uh, Rotten Tomato score uh, often means very little. Yeah. Uh, but unless, when it's, it's, unless it's 100 or it's zero. Yes. Yeah. When, it's, when it's zero, you can, you can glean something from that. Not one critic said, watch it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Ballistic uh, All right. has the biggest legacy there, and we'll move on. Our final uh, matchups for this round in two weeks. Battlefield Earth takes on 47 Ronin, right? Yes. And the Sorcerer's Apprentice takes on Ballistic X versus Sever, which is going to destroy the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Probably. All right, our final division. The Justin Lin Division, the franchise ender. Sequel so bad, they said... The studio said, we're mad. I couldn't think of a rhyme. All right, that works, though. The one seed, Transformers The Last Knight, takes on the eight seed, Son of the Mask. The four seed, Alice with Looking Glass, takes on the fifth seed, Independence Day Resurgence. The three seed, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, takes on the six seed, The Divergent Series Allegiant. The two seed, Dark Phoenix, takes on the seven seed, The Chronicles of Narnia, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Yes. Uh, and we start with uh, Transformers The Last Knight against Son of the Mask. Transformers Last Night opened June 21st, 2017. 
Uh, it had an opening weekend of $44 million with a $68 million five-day. Uh, its budget was $217 million. Final gross was 130 with 605 worldwide. Son of the Mask opened February 18th, 2005 uh, with an opening weekend of $7 million, $9 million four-day against a budget of 84 The final gross of $17 million and 60 worldwide. I wonder what made more. Well, that's Son a good of the question. Mask or Transformers? Uh, but it's all about relativity, you see. Uh, Transformers had a budget of 217, uh, final gross of 605. Those worldwide numbers are perfectly fine. Uh, profit of 279%. Uh, Son of the Mask, meanwhile, had a budget of 84 and a gross of 60, a profit of regular 71%. Point one goes to Son of the Mask. Yeah. Uh, and we go to quality of movie. Yeah, close. Yeah, close. closer than uh, one would think. Transformers based on the our last Metacritic thing here. <laughs> Transformers the last night twenty seven on Metacritic. Son of the Mask twenty. So, Son of the Mask takes a two point lead, and I got a feeling it's going to sweep. Perhaps. Do uh, we even want to read all that shit? I. Well, what was further from success? Well, we do further second. Uh, yeah. What was Easier Road to Success? Yeah, a new tra- Transformers movie yes, or a the, mask movie that doesn't star Jim Carrey? Yes, the, the new Transformers movie had the Easier Road to Success, and the new mask movie was... Don't worry, guys. You uh, will get all your little facts about Son of the Mask in two weeks. Fundamentally further from... I. Uh, so, yes, we can, uh, we can, I think, jump the gun here and advance Son of the Mask. <laughs> we get to uh, watch yeah. Son of the Mask. Yeah, that was a... Uh, it's yeah. going to be tough. The, tran- the Transformers thing, like... The- and I watched Age of Extinction for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you watched it for fun. No, no, I'm, I'm going to watch last night, too, yeah. at some point. Uh, all right, so we move on to our next matchup, Alice to the Looking Glass against Independence Day Resurgence. Yeah. Uh, Alice opened May 27th, 2016 to $27 million, 33 over its four-day, against a budget of 170. Its final gross was 77 with 299 worldwide. Independence Day, meanwhile, opened June 24th, 2016, uh, with an opening weekend of 41 against a $165 million budget. Final gross was 103 and 389 worldwide. Profit relative to budget. Uh, we had Independence Day with, no, I'm sorry, Alice is first with $170 million, uh, with a gross of 299 That's profit of 176%. Uh, and Independence Day, a budget of 165, gross of 389, profit of 236. So that first point goes to Alice through the Looking Glass. Now we just watched Alice in the Looking Glass. Have you seen the uh, first one? Uh, no. I feel like I have, but I don't remember it. But uh, we haven't seen it. We did see Independence Day, and I believe just checking here. On our worst list of 2016, Noah, I had Independence Day at number three. Okay. On the worst films of that year. You had Independence Day. At least that low, I would think. And number yeah, two. There we go. Was Alice with the Looking Glass worse than the second and third worst film of 2016? Not even close. Uh, like, Alice was not not the kind of thing that I usually like watching, but was fine. It, 
it had it had its. Uh, it really picked up in the second half. I thought. Yeah. First half, I was very much like, "Oh God!" And that eighteen-minute sequence in the clock is a shocking bit of editing. Sure, that is a that is a that is fine. But once she goes back, and it's like a basic goes back in time plot, you know, it's like, well, yeah. we've seen this before. But the movie has spunk, um, and I think it it has enough. I don't want to give it too much credit and say that it has a big heart, but it has a heart. But it's not cynical. Yeah. And it's not, and I, again, I'm sure it's made for the money, but they don't want it to seem like they made it for the money. Yeah. There's nothing the, about Independence Day Resurgence that doesn't scream, we want more of your money, please. Yeah, it's one of those, uh, it's one of those things like a, uh, like a tanking sports team yeah. where the front office has made the team bad, but like the players are still trying to win every night. Sure. Uh, and, Alice does feel like like Eddie. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Alice feels like the studio was like, we need That's more money. Exactly what Eddie is. But the people involved, I uh, say, uh, yeah, let's make let's make a good earnest movie here. Yeah. Uh, whereas it's got some fun ideas. Yeah, Independence Day. And Independence Day Resurgence sucks. has a number of uh, sins. Liam Hemsworth being the star of it, the idea that like 20 years later we've established, built, and have run successfully a base on the moon. <laughs> yeah. Which is just shocking that they think anybody can do that in 20 years. The fin- the the idea that the sequel that they're setting up is just exactly what this should have been. And this was all just a big setup for a big showdown that we should have just had in this movie. The final line... I don't even remember the final line. Let's go kick some alien ass. Oh. Said by the uh the nerdy the, weird scientist, the nerdy scientist. Yeah. Just yeah, it's, terrible. It's just it's a it's a movie it's a sequel to one of the famous movie star blockbusters, a big explosion filled charismatic yes. ride that uh, could not have less charisma. No. It's the worst movie. Uh, indeed it is. So we move on uh, to get some statistics up in here to make reference. I for got the last a lot round. of them. Uh, Alice of the Looking Glass opened at number two against uh, X-Men Apocalypse, uh, number one in its first weekend with 65. The Angry Birds movie, number three in its second weekend with 18. And Civil War, number four in its fourth weekend with 15. It fell to number four in its second weekend with a 57.9% drop. The uh, first... Alice film was uh, the first big 3D hit after Avatar kind of primed the market for that. Uh, opened to 116 million, which is the uh, biggest number for a non-sequel, sixth biggest ever, uh, I presume at the time. Yeah, uh, yeah, this is all at the time. Yes, uh, it went on to gross $334 domestically. $334. Uh, yes, <laughs> huge wild <laughs> in. It's more more than I've ever made. <laughs> Uh, three hundred thirty-four million. Yes, excuse me. And was the fifth fifth film to ever pass a billion dollars. Ever pass a dollar. <laughs> uh, it featured Johnny Depp in a big role. Uh, Mordecai had bombed and Black Mass done just okay the year prior to this. Uh, Johnny Depp had not led a blockbuster hit since On Stranger Tides in two thousand eleven, five years prior. Yeah. Uh, this was released only six weeks after The Jungle Book. Uh, became a big hit, nine hundred. Yeah, which is just dollars. to show that it wasn't like these 
live action adaptations were out of fashion. Right. Sure. Uh, Independence Day Resurgence, meanwhile, opened at number two. Finding Dory was number one in its second weekend with $73 million. Central Intelligence was number three in its second with 18. And The Shallows, number four in its first with 16.8. Fell to number five in its second weekend with a 59% drop. Uh, This was 20 years after the first Independence Day became the second biggest film of all time. It did not feature Will Smith, but it was directed by Roland Emmerich, uh, which three years after his last blockbuster attempt, White House Down, was a disappointment. All right. Star had got to come off Roland. Uh, Easier road to success here. Alice Through the Looking Glass glass. by uh, uh, Hop, Skip, and a Jump. It's coming off of a... uh, just a enormous sequel or enormous uh, first film and was released in normal sequel time. What's the score here? Uh, Alice, uh, you agree that Alice is, yes. uh, so it is up two to one against Independence Day. Oh boy. Uh, the furthest from success. Meanwhile, uh, it's without question. Independence Day resurgence. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't get to quote Chris Rock, if you can't get Uh-oh. Will Smith, don't make that movie. Then. Yeah. I, yeah. uh, and if you can't get Will Smith and can't replace him with, with like Tom Cruise, then you don't do anything. Yeah. Or even just like someone who's not a star, but who is fun. Who would that be? I, uh, I mean, even I like Kevin you know, Hart could do this. Sure. Even, even going back to, uh, going back or, to blackout, um, we were just talking about and stay, keep it in the family. Like, Chris Hemsworth is charismatic. Sure. He is not a... Not Liam? Like, no. He is not someone who can open a big movie right. by himself, uh, and certainly not at the time. But, like, he's a charismatic person who is, just, like, fun to watch in movies. Yeah. I Give me that at least. Sure. Please. Someone who has some kind of energy. Yes. Some some kind of energy or verve or anything. Uh, Goldblum's shtick only goes so far. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think... Uh, That's the biggest thing that needs to change here. Someone needs to star in Independence Day. Yes. That's uh, ideally a few people, really. Yeah. but Because uh, the first Independence Day isn't just Will Smith. No, it but the other people a, that were in that are in this. Yeah. <laughs> but they're like, they're not having fun in this. Sure. They're like, they're traumatized or injured or... Uh, dead. <laughs> Who's that? Is that uh, Kay Fox? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when she fell off that. Yeah, that was bad. So we're all tied up. Uh, we move on to uh, move on to legacy. Uh, Independence. Well, yeah. my only issue here. is the huge disparity between the two Alice's that I might give this to Alice. Okay. Independent. The first independence they made about 690. You could fact check this, but I think 690 worldwide. Yeah. This All one made three something. Cause that was back when the overseas market wasn't as big. Right. Alice in the Wonderland made a billion. This made less than $300 million domestically. The first one made three. What do I have it on there? Three thirty-four. Uh, yeah. This made seventy-seven. 
that's about the first two days of Alice in Wonderland. And that this made that total. That disparity in my mind, I don't know about its legacy outside of box office people, but that is I a mean, this, shocking. This is a box office tournament. And I think that's I think that's actually a really compelling that point. I was prepared drop. to vote for Independence Day. I Resurgence. was too because of Emmerich and because of like just Will Smith's filmography. After this is going to be like, oh yeah, and you didn't do that bullshit, yeah. you know. But yeah, I, I just think that's just absolutely such a dramatic come down from it boggles what, the mind. Like truly, one of the biggest movies ever. Yeah, in the first Alice in Wonderland, it's only the fifth film. The fifth film to cross a billion. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that'll, uh, I think that'll seal my vote for Alice it as made well. Less world, Alice in Wonderland made less worldwide than Alice in Wonderland made in North America. Yes, and that is uh, yeah, hard right. to do. All right, uh, the three seed Pirates of the Caribbean: Demetrius Tales. Yes, I guess the six seed that Orange Is Legion. Indeed, I, uh, Pirates, <laughs> Pirates Five. This is the fifth. Yeah. Uh, Pirates 5 opened May 26, 2017. Uh, it opened to $63 million, 78 over its four-day. They budget of 230. Final gross is 172 with 794 worldwide. Uh, that's still pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Allegiance, meanwhile, I uh, opened uh, March 18th, 2016 uh, to... $29 million against a budget of 110. Its final gross was 66 with 179 worldwide. Uh, Pirates had a budget of 230, a gross of 794 for a perhaps tournament leading budget. Oh, not quite. Uh, of 345%. Meanwhile, Allegiant had a budget of 110, a gross of 179, a profit of a perfectly respectable for this tournament, but unfortunately too low, 163%. Your first point goes to Allegiance. This is tough. It is. I, I felt that this was a pretty easy decision in the moment. Mm -hmm. I, and I, I think I'm still going with my first thought here. Which is but, that Pirates is worse? Yes. I uh, I do believe that Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead, Mo- Dead Men Tell No Tales, Dead is worse. Uh, Allegiance is a very boring half movie. Uh, and I think this was, you know, the height of the let's split our YA finale into two movies thing. Uh, and you could really feel it here. However, I found the depths of dead men tell no tales well, to be the depths is that what you said oh well the, it did you been. say the depths unfortunately i think i emphasized a little better Damn. but uh but no i i should have done that instead i uh, to just be worse i think it's a stupider movie at its uh, at its worst and is still pretty boring at its best, I recall spending a lot of our uh, our time in, I think, an empty theater watching this one. Uh, Pirates? Yeah. I don't know. Late uh, late one evening, uh, instead following along with the NBA Finals uh, that was going on. Oh, then I don't think we were alone. Did we see this with Joe? No. No. No, we saw this I at think uh, Independence We saw this at the old arc like Glenview. We saw it with Joe at the Independence uh, Yeah, so I'm voting Dead Men Tell No Tales here. 
Uh, I'm voting Allegiant. Okay. And it's mainly because of um, the same reason for Jupiter sending over whatever that was against. Uh, Seventh Sun. Yeah. Pirates at least has amusing set pieces and the score I love. It's got Will Turner, Elizabeth Swan. Legion has nothing that I will ever want to go back to. Ever. Um, there's nothing interesting about it. It doesn't tell a full story, whereas Pirates does. Sure. So its rewatchability is already higher because I'll I'll finish a, an arc with people. Um yeah, I really can't imagine myself ever putting on a Legion again unless I was watching all those movies. Whereas if somebody came over and said, you know, hey, you want to watch Devin Tales? I'd go, yeah, sure. That's right. my reason. That's a, uh, it's as good I a reason as any. I don't know what to tell you. I, uh, then let's move on to our stats here. Sorry, having some t- hard time scrolling. Uh, Dead Men Tell No Tales opened at number one. Uh, against Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. It's number two in its fourth weekend with 21. Baywatch, number three in its first with 18. It fell to number three its second weekend, a 65% drop. This was the fifth film in the Pirates franchise. The, uh, oh dear, now I'm scrolled too far to the right. Uh, the first in six years since the last film made 240 million domestic and uh, over a billion worldwide which is uh, really why Pirates is in the uh, is in contention here. Yeah, the uh, drop you know, from a billion to yeah. 800. Yeah, you look at uh, you look at those numbers and you think ah, that's not so bad, but it uh, the franchise was capable of so much more. Uh Johnny Depp at this time was in the midst of controversy uh and this was uh, the year following Alice 2 and Fantastic Beasts 2. I yeah. uh, neither of which did uh, a lot for his star power. No. Uh, Allegiant, meanwhile, opened in the number two spot. Zootopia was number one that weekend in its third weekend with 37. And Miracles from Heaven uh, was number three in its first weekend with 14. Allegiant fell to number five in its second with a 67.5% drop. The third film in the Divergent series franchise. Uh, the first came out in 2014. Uh, made opening. Uh, opened to 54 million and went on to gross 151 domestically. Uh, the second film came out the year after, uh, opened to 52 and went on to gross 130. So pretty, uh, pretty similar numbers there. Yeah, it was pretty shocking when the second one opened uh, to basically the same thing. Yeah, the uh, there was one movie left to go. They were going to wrap it up in four, uh, and the franchise was canceled. Uh, they quickly announced a, a TV movie uh, and then a TV show to uh, close it out. And shortly after that, the cast was like, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> excuse me? You want me to do what? We didn't sign on for TV movies. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there are contracts involved here, guys. Yeah. Uh, and so they just did not do it. No. I. Uh, and I should mention for here, uh, I was skipping them for the uh, the ones we were reading. Uh, Pirates, uh, pretty pretty similar critical reception here. Uh, 30% yeah. on Rotten, uh, 39 on Metacritic, whereas Allegiant was 11% on Rotten, but 33 on Metacritic. That's right. Uh, 
So easier road to success here. Yeah. I I think has got to be uh, Pirates based on a uh, colossally successful franchise. Whereas Allegiant was based on a uh, respectably successful franchise. It's tough because Pirates on its fifth film, already on the way down, Depp's in the middle of a bunch of controversial shit going on. Sure. Bad allegations against him. Divergent opened big and made pretty decent money for the first one. Opened the same amount even though nobody really liked it, and then made, again, decent money for the second one. So I feel like there was an expectation this would just kind of continue that, maybe even open to 40 now. Yeah. Um, Whereas I'm not sure people knew what Pirates was going to do. Um, Easier road to success. Can I I ask a quick clarifying question? Uh, Clarifying, I don't know. Do you know what the second one's called off the top of your head? Which one? Divergent. Insurgent. Insurgent, of course. Yeah. And so I don't know what had the easier road. That's really tough. The budget's so much higher for pirates, it's got to clear such a big cap, but it did. That has nothing to do with the easier road. Just no. Yeah, but it's like, even even before it did, like, you know it had the potential to. Like it's it's the fifth film in the franchise and the franchise is on the downturn, yeah. but uh, the fourth film still made over a billion dollars, and was two forty domestic. Like, I I think it's I think the the momentum of the Pirates franchise, even as it's slowing down, is significantly stronger than the momentum of Divergent. Right. Yeah. All right. I'll go with Pirates. Uh, all right, so this is uh, overall all tied up. I have uh, Pirates up to one. You have Allegiance up to one. Uh, so let's move on to furthest from success. It's probably uh, Allegiance, based on the downswing we were just talking about. Pirates is a pretty safe franchise overall. I don't yeah. know what else you would add to it. It had a you know it had an Oscar winning villain, Javier Bardem. Yeah, whereas... It had uh, its release date, whereas Allegiant is the same thing for the third time, trying that luck. Yeah, and do, and doing the uh, doing the the last movie split, which... It's a big gamble. Yeah, and the... People didn't like it for the Hunger Games. Didn't work they, here, obviously. Yeah, they, they liked it for Harry Potter, but this is obviously much closer to the Hunger Games than it yeah. is to Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just... I, I, th- I think really, like, above, above anything else, it's going to be that split for me. That's like, actually that's... the big point, is that the thing you have to change the most is you just make this the last film. Yeah. That's exactly correct. And that was, that was, that was completely in the cards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, like, on the table. Whatever. They almost it did done. it. We read what happened in the last book. They almost did it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't really know what they were going for. Uh, but, yeah, I think that Allegiant was further from success here. All right. Uh, so you have Allegiant moving on. I've got it all tied up. So let's talk about Legacy. I, I mean, it's the last Pirates film Depp will be in. But the implosion of Allegiant yes. is, to me, legendary. Yeah, I think Allegiant really kind of 
represents the end of that oh, like yeah. huge YA boom yeah. that we had, and that's a, that's a big thing to represent. Uh, the the pivot to TV that quickly failed because nobody wanted to do it. Also curtailed Shalane's career. Sure. Yeah, she's she not was, a movie star anymore. No, she was uh, she was on the come up there for sure. Fault in Our Stars was huge. Yeah, she had the this make 150 the same the same year as Fault in Our Stars. This made 150. Three months later, Fault in Our Stars makes like 140, and then just now nothing. Yeah, I uh, yeah I think the uh, I think Allegiant definitely has a pretty negative legacy here. Whereas whereas Pirates Depp had two shitty sequels. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And the, also. That time is marred in other nastiness than just this Pirates movie. Not Indeed. Doing great. I, so, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I'm voting Allegiant here. Uh, and Allegiant, Allegiant moves, moves on. on. All right. Our last matchup of the night, the two-seed Dark Phoenix takes on the seven-seed, the Chronicles of Narnia, the Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Indeed. A lot of f- does there. Yeah. Uh, we're going to call that movie Dawn Treader going forward. Oh, okay. Uh, Dark Phoenix uh, came out June 7th, 2019. That opened to $33 million against a budget of $200 million. Its final gross was 66 domestic and 252 worldwide. Dawn Treader, meanwhile, opened December 10th, 2010. Then opening weekend of $24 million against a budget of 155. Its final gross was 104 and 415 worldwide. Talking profit relative to budget, Dark Phoenix had a budget of two hundred million and a gross of two fifty two. That's a profit of hundred and twenty six percent. Meanwhile, Don Treader had a budget of hundred and fifty five and a worldwide gross of four hundred and fifteen, which gave it a profit. Uh, this one I suspect might lead the tournament the of three hundred and ninety eight percent. so your first point here goes to Dark Phoenix. Wow. Now we talk quality of movie which I suspect will not be close. Uh, no, I didn't really care about Dawn Treader. I give it two stars. Yeah. It's like pleasant enough for kids. It's not that offensive, you know, as far as like parents can just watch it and kind of turn their brain off. Yeah. Dark Phoenix is actively terrible. Yes, I uh, I agree. I, th- I think I think Dawn Treader was like, it's one of those movies that with a few different things, I actually could have found like fairly good, mm. but the things it was missing were pretty important. Yeah. You might like uh, uh, Prince Caspian. Then. I might. Uh, and the, just like the whole, the whole vibe of the world uh, that they're, that they're giving off. Like is, I, th- I think they, I think they do a, uh, they do a pretty good job. Wa- watching this movie made me want to revisit the first book, mm. the Lion, Witch and Wardrobe. Uh, it's, it's not a good it's movie. The, I, I believe you. It's been quite a while, quite a while since I've seen it. Mm. But uh, the book's quite good, and it's the only one I've read. Mm-hmm. And just that is just to say, the movie did a good job of kind of putting me back sure. in that world of like, oh, this seems fun. I, but was like, was missing. A, I don't know stakes. I guess any sort of a, yeah. At one point, I think I said to you like, who's the villain? And it yeah, was just, it was just uh, kind of like the darkness inside of them. Yeah, and then a sea monster. I. And then a MacGuffin sea monster. Yeah. To fight. Uh, whereas, yes, Dark Phoenix, Dark Phoenix is, is just trash. like revoltingly bad. Yeah, it's trash. Uh, so that is the uh, that is the worst movie by an enormous margin. I. Uh, Dark Phoenix opened at number two against uh, The Secret Life of Pets two, uh, number one in its first weekend with forty six. Aladdin was number three in its third weekend with twenty four. 
Uh, it fell to number five in its second weekend, a 71.5% drop yeah. uh, after an opening weekend. I'll remind you of $33 million. That's a hard drop mm-hmm. from such a small number. Excuse me. This is the 10th film in the X-Men franchise, including Logan, but excluding the Deadpool. Uh, this is the first uh, team-up X-Men movie since Apocalypse. Uh, which was a uh, flop with the fans and a disappointment at the box office, uh, not quite to this degree. Uh, this same story had been told with just a more popular group of actors in X-Men The Last Stand in 2006. Uh, that became. Which uh, became the biggest X-Men film, uh, though was also a disappointment to the fans, uh, which will be a running theme with this franchise uh at most turns not all turns but most uh say 22 percent on rotten tomatoes a shockingly sh- high i was just gonna say shockingly, shockingly high, high 43 on metacritic yeah. that's bewildering don treader meanwhile uh, opened at number one was uh, against the tourist uh, which was number two in its first weekend with 16 and tangled was number three in its third with 14 uh, it fell to number three in its second weekend a 48 percent drop the first movie, Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe, was an enormous hit in December of 2005. Uh, it made $291 million domestic and 745 worldwide. Uh, it was more domestic than uh, all but... First, all but one of the first four Harry Potter films okay. that were released up to that point. Only the first one had made more money. Gotcha. Uh, and Including that, Goblet of Fire, which was released in November of that right. year. Right. Uh, the uh, second film, Prince Caspian, uh, disappointed in May 2008. Uh, so Disney tried moving. Uh, oh, at no, the time, Prince Caspian was. Prince Caspian, they tried. Yeah, they the tried summer. for May. I just like that's shocking to me that Lion, the Witch, and Wardrobe made more than the next three Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, Domestically. But I, it's mainly Christmas. It's, a, it's a really interesting case where, like, clearly the Harry Potter franchise has a huge cultural cachet. Mm. Uh, I think the the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe has a similar, like, cultural legacy yeah. as the Harry Potter franchise. Really? But the... like, I You mean the books do? No, I, th- I mean the book. Oh. I, I think the book of Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe is just, like, a really big deal, which mm-hmm. is reflected in the yeah, sure. huge box office grosses. But... The broader uh, Narnia franchise just clearly does not yeah. have that same uh, that think, same thing. It's just just the one book that people no, are connected. No to. Harry Potter movie ever opened over Christmas. I think that's a missed opportunity for them. This oh sure Chronicles of Narnia I think was helped immensely by Christmas. Yeah, I, uh, it's a it's a big uh, a big Except Christmas movie for this one. Yeah, I. This one did get a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 53 on Metacritic. So let's talk easier road to success. Uh, uh, this is a... Dark Phoenix? Yeah, I mean, Dark... Uh, it's still a very popular storyline. Coming after Apocalypse didn't do well, but made a bit of money. Yeah, and a uh, just coming from a franchise that like never hits huge numbers, but frequently hits fine numbers. Yeah. Uh, like the X-Men are very consistent, but and the budget is tough. That's, that is a lot of money for dark Phoenix, $200 million. Uh, meanwhile, against Don Treader, like that, 
it seems like a fine budget for yeah I, I'm the gonna big, check the I'm, big seaborn uh, I'm gonna check what Caspian cost uh, yeah. or what Caspian made rather yeah the uh, going back to the uh, the December release date to try to cash in on uh, Christmas legs and get stuff going there. So you're looking at a hundred uh, that costs two twenty five. You're looking at a hundred and um, fifty five budget, and the last one made four, essentially. Yeah, worldwide. That's tough. That's all. That's just about like one and a half times the amount. Yeah. So uh, that is tough. And I mean, like that drop is huge. One forty. The last one was two ninety. Yeah, the uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Clearly, the Narnia the Narnia franchise was yeah was primed to not do as well. I. Uh, but I think you know, getting the getting the budget down and bringing it back to where the first one hit so big. Yeah. I. Uh, we're we're both on paper really good moves. Yeah. I. 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 I f- I'm I gotta go with Phoenix. Phoenix is the easier road. I think it, it's a bigger franchise. It's yeah. The budget aside, yeah, I, I, I gotta go with Phoenix. I I do I do pretty frequently in these uh, in these discussions. Just give the edge to the, the franchise power. Uh, so yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, if this was like Narnia's sixth film. You know, and yeah. they were all pretty successful. Then I could have a conversation, but like it just felt like Narnia was a thing that had already come and gone. Yeah, it was a uh, unfortunate flash in the pan. Yeah, uh, Dark Phoenix moves on. It was a, uh, a three right. sweep. So next week, oh, I'll do the matchups for for this one. So uh, in two weeks, transform. No, son of the eight seed, son of the mask takes on the fifth seed, Independence Day. Is that correct? That is, uh, yes. Okay. And the six seed. What? No, I'm sorry. Uh, Alice, in fact, was the advance there. Really? Huh. Oh, right. Right. The eight seed Son of the Mask takes on the four seed Alice with the Looking Glass. The six seed, the Divergent Series Allegiant, takes on the two seed Dark Phoenix. It's going to be a big one. Next week, let me pull up. Uh, this is no, why don't you plug us up and then I will tout next week. All right. Uh, you can find us at what's in the box We are on Twitter at with box office. That is also our Instagram handle. Uh, I am on Twitter at Noah Drukey. I'm a Brian DeSerber D A S U R B E R. Uh, and of course the feed for our podcast can be found anywhere. Podcasts are found. We are on Stitcher. We are on Apple podcasts. Uh, we are on Spotify. Uh, come listen to this episode thrice. And by the time oh, you're God. done, the next one will be out. Okay. Uh, next week, the round of 32 begins. We're doing the Godfather Conference again. The matchups in the Steven Spielberg division. John Carter takes on the Lone Ranger while the while the while Green Lantern takes on the Last Airbender. Also, the Spike Lee division, the dramas. Alexander will take on Deepwater Horizon, and Cloud Atlas will take on Cats. I, I hope I, I think I got these correct. This is all done from memory. The Mel Brooks division, the comedies, the Evan Almighty takes on Town and Country and the Adventures of Pluto Nash. Maybe the biggest matchup, and I'm including the finale of this tournament. Yeah. The Adventures of Pluto Nash takes on 
Gigli. You're not going to want to miss that. And finally, the John Carpenter division, the reboots and remakes. Pan takes on Doolittle, and Fantastic Four takes on Ghosts in the Shell. That is next week. Noah, pl- uh, you already did that. Recommend a movie. I uh, Everyone should go see everything, everywhere, all at once, uh, as soon as they possibly can. Uh, coming, you know, we saw uh, we saw an early screening of it. Coming out of it was just an, an incredibly exciting feeling uh, that has really just stayed and maybe grown in my estimation since then. I uh, was not just a it wasn't just like a flash in the pan like wow that was that was outstanding and then I'm like oh no it's just really good I think the movie's outstanding yeah I uh, and I think uh, everyone should see it immediately and pretty much everyone would enjoy it uh, that is mine as well I think find the biggest screen you can find and see this movie. Uh, get some popcorn it's a blast it's very touching and it's unlike anything you've ever seen. Who doesn't want to see something like that? I agree completely. All right. Next week, the round of 32 begins. It's all very exciting. Plus, Sonic the Hedgehog comes out. Will it be a breakout sequel? It was the last big hit before the pandemic in 2020. Will this be a breakout sequel while we're still in a pandemic? We'll have to find out and see. Next week, that is uh, what's in the box office. I've been your host, Brian. I've been your host, Noah. And until then, if you feel safe, go see a movie.